Madam Chair, the room is ready. Thank you. Good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Lawrence Douglas County Planning uh, Commission meeting for November 16th. Uh, before we go any further, this is a hybrid meeting, so I'm going to ask Becky Pepper um, to read the rules of the road for that. Thank you very much and good evening, everyone. My name is Becky Pepper, Planning Manager, and joining me here in the City Commission Room is Jeff Crick, Planning and Development Services Director, and Ellie Mullins, who'll be helping to facilitate the video uh, Zoom video portion of the meeting, and we'll work alongside the chair to help facilitate the meeting proceedings. So before I begin, I do have a few housekeeping items for this hybrid meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the City's YouTube channel and Cable Channel 25. Please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you're not speaking. The chat function for this public meeting is disabled. All chats will go directly to the Zoom facilitator. Unless you're participating during the meeting, please turn your video off. And this allows the active meeting participants to be seen on screen. You'll still be able to hear the, the meeting. And when you are participating, please turn your video on. If you have any trouble, you can send a chat to the Zoom facilitator. The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. And with that, I'll turn the meeting back over to the chair. Thank you, Becky. Um, under the heading of general business, I would first like to welcome the members of the Eudora Planning Commission joining us this evening. We're looking forward to working with you this evening. Uh, and our first order of business to receive and amend or approve the, the minutes from our Planning Commission's meetings October 24th and 26th. Does anybody have any amendments? Can I have a motion, please? So moved. Second. Can we have a vote, please? Call for the vote. Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Barotto? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Duvor? Yes. Commissioner Hayden? Yes. Commissioner Munch? Yes. Commissioner Rexroad? Yes. Commissioner Thomas? Yes. Motion passes 8 to 0. All right. Do we have any reports from any committees that have met over the past month? Commission. Commissioner yes, Rexroad. Just uh, an update um, on the land development code update proce uh, process. Um, there is a uh, meeting coming up, a steering committee meeting coming up on December the 8th, uh, 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, City Hall Riverfront offices. It will be a hybrid format meeting, um, so you're able to join in person or join by Zoom. It'll also be available on uh, to watch on the city's YouTube channel. Um, uh, and there's a second meeting um, that's uh, planned for uh, for community feedback, public feedback on January 25th through the 27th. Um, so mark your calendars for that. And I want to pause for just a minute to um, uh, talk about how important this is. Um, uh, if you go out to uh, um, lawrenceks.org um, slash LDC, you can get to the landing page for all of this work that's going on. And this is at the beginning of a roughly two-year-long process of gathering feedback from the community and trying to help take that feedback, understanding what our values are so we can land that in this uh, this really, really important uh, uh, land development code. Critically, critically important that we have community feedback all along the way. So please take a minute to go out to that site, get caught up on the information, what's going on right now. Mark on your calendars and attend those meetings. Um, we absolutely need you at this part of the process. You can still show up at the end, but man, is it helpful to have it while this is going on. Cool. That's it. Thank you, Commissioner Rexrode. 
Any other committee reports? Yes, Commissioner Carter. Yes, um, Commissioner Thomas and I have been representing the Planning Commission at uh, the Steering Committee uh, meetings for uh, the Transportation 2050, um, uh, basically the formation of the Transportation Plan for Lawrence and Douglas County. And uh, as several commissioners may remember, uh, uh, Transportation 2040 is an integral part of, um, her, of our current um, comprehensive plan. So because of federal requirements, that has to be updated. And uh, um, the steering committee is basically reviewing staff work so far and will be proposing a draft for public uh, review, I believe, in January. So we attended meetings uh, this week, in fact. Thank you both. Um, on to communications. Um, do we, we do have a, a letter. Uh, so we receive written communications from the public at this time. Yes, uh, just the one from the community group that is the Civic Engagement Commission as part of your packet this evening. Thank you. Um, do we have any written communications from staff, planning commissioners, or other commissioners? <laughs> written communications. Yes, this evening we received a request from the applicant to defer item number five, which is the, the considering of the final plat for Mercado 3rd edition. Uh, if the commission would like to entertain that, it would require a motion and a vote to defer the item. Okay. Are there any objections to deferring that item? No objections? Then um, if you'll call for the vote. Need a motion and a second on that one? Sorry. Yes. I don't know. Yes. Yes. I'll move a motion. for Thank you. item five. Second. Motion is seconded. Further discussion? Now call call the vote. Thank you. Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Baroto? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Duvor? Yes. Commissioner Hayden? Yes. Commissioner Munch? Commissioner Rexroad? Yes. Commissioner Thomas? Yes. Motion passes 8 to 0. Thank you. Um, do we have written action of any waiver requests or determinations made by the city engineer? Uh, none this evening. Mm -hmm. Any disclosure of ex parte communications? Yeah, I received an email just prior to the meeting from uh, Tim Reason, Eudora, opposing agenda item two. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, I also received a similar email. Okay. From Mr. Reason. All right, thank you. Any declaration of abstentions from specific agenda items by the commissioners? Okay. Um, at this point in the meeting, we have general public comment. This is an opportunity for members of the public to make a comment on items that are not on the agenda. So if there's a, anybody from the general public who would like to speak on an item that is not on our agenda this evening, now is the time. Being online? Nope. All right. Oh, yes. General public comment that's not on the agenda tonight. Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, so now we are on to our regular agenda. Um, we will go with item number one to consider approving a preliminary plat for Redemption Hill subdivision. Uh, staff presenting this is CC Riley. Good evening, Commissioner. CC Riley, Planner One, of the Planning and Development Services Department. I do not have a presentation today. Instead, I will. Um, direct your attention to the agenda packet that was submitted earlier. 
major subdivision application has been submitted for the property address as 802 West 22nd Terrace. The first step in this process, the preliminary plat, proposes to combine four platted lots with unplatted land currently under the same ownership and parceled as one property. The intent is to develop the unplatted land for a parking lot to serve the existing church on the platted property. This item was last discussed by the Planning Commission on September 28th, at which time the applicant was requesting a variance from Section 2810E2II of the Land Development Code, exempting the applicant from the requirement to install either a through street connection or cul-de-sacs at the termination of West 22nd Street and West 22nd Terrace. That variance request was denied by the Planning Commission, and then the preliminary plat was deferred. Following the Planning Commission meeting, the applicant submitted a letter appealing that decision. Per 813F3, appeals of Planning Commission decisions of this type are made to the City Commission. The City Commission met October 18th, 2022, and approved the technical variance from Section 2810E2II of the Land Development Code, exempting the applicant from the requirement to install either a through street connection or cul-de-sacs at the termination of West 22nd Street and West 22nd Terrace. Following that te technical variance approval by City Commission, the preliminary plat is in conformance with the standards and requirements of the subdivision regulations and the Land Development Code. To give a brief overview, the subject property is zoned RS7, Single Dwelling Residential District. The applicant has indicated that there is no change proposed in the existing land use, religious assembly, neighborhood institution. If approved, the applicant has indicated interest in expanding the existing church and or expanding the parking lot into this area where the existing open field currently is. However, these proposals would be subject to site planning standards of the Land Development Code and are not currently being reviewed by this preliminary plat proposal. The, propo the proposed 2.08 acre lot satisfies the density and dimensional standards for the RS7 district. Staff did not receive any additional public comment since the last meeting regarding this proposal. And regarding your decision this evening, subdivision regulations state that if the Planning Commission finds that the proposed preliminary plot conforms to all criteria set forth in Section 2809D, then the Planning Commission shall approve the preliminary plot. Staff has determined that the preliminary plot with City Commission approved variants meets the criteria set forth in the subdivision regulations. If approved, the applicant would work with staff to receive and review the second portion of the major subdivision process, the final plat. The final plat document will be reviewed administratively by staff and the planning director, and then recorded at the Douglas County Register of Deeds. Because there are easements proposed for dedication, the final plat will be considered by the city commission for their acceptance of the access easement. And the final plat, after the final plat is recorded, then the applicant would have the opportunity to submit, to submit a site plan for any expansion of their building or parking area. The site plan would require a traffic study, stormwater drainage study, along with a detailed landscaping plan and lighting plan, to name a few requirements in the application. <laughs> site plans are generally reviewed administratively. They are also appealable to the city commission. If denied, the planning commission is stating that they find that the, the proposed preliminary plat fails to conform to the standards set forth in section 2809D and you must state in the motion the reason for denial. The undeveloped property at the east side of 802 West 22nd Terrace is unplatted and without the approval of the preliminary plat will not be able to request building permits or otherwise be developed. 
With that, I'll wrap up with staff's rec recommendation to approve the preliminary plat for PP 2200248 and note that both the applicant, Dean Grobe, and the property owner, I believe, are with us on Zoom today. Thank you, Cece. Yes, that is, uh, we'll should we hear from Dean Grobe first for the applicant? <coughs> Good evening, Mr. Grove, Grove Engineering. Um, I really don't have anything else to add. Um, I think CC did a great job, and those were her last month, kind of heard the dog and pony show. So I would just appreciate a, a, a vote of approval on the preliminary flat so the church can move on. So I'll be happy to answer any questions if somebody's got any. Okay. Is the applicant here? That Did the applicant want wish to speak as well? I, I think they were on okay. Zoom, but you know, okay. if there's questions that belong uh, appropriate to the owner for the even for the owner to answer, uh, I think they're online. All right. All right, thank you. Thank you. Is there anybody who wishes to speak from the public on this item? We'll start with anybody in the room wishing to speak on item number one. Seeing none, I'll turn online. Is there anybody um, on the Zoom call who would like to speak to item number one? The preliminary plat. Yes. See, oh yes, ah, yes, uh, Mr. I, Mr. Smiths. I'm sorry, I don't have my distance. Yes, on. yes, no, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I my only question would be, um, would this in any way the the cul-de-sac or the the plat um, approval would that affect the business districts that are on 23rd Street um, in any way, the driveways or otherwise? We'll take that question in consideration when the commission commission discusses the application. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Any other public comments for item number one? All right. I'll bring it bring it back to the commission for consideration. Any discussion, please. Um, just to that the question that was asked as I looked at the plat, um, I didn't see that there was any connection other than just general proximity to businesses on 23rd but i don't know if there's anyone from staff that could confirm that i believe that is correct there is no connection otherwise to the south or to 23rd street right the only possible pathway would be that the parking lot mm -hmm. that's there but that's just adjacent to the street so i don't think there's any Spill over there, okay. and you can't get through it. It's a fence between them. So, no, there's. Yeah. I don't believe there's a throughway. Yeah, no, there's not. Any other discussion or questions? No. Can I call call for a motion then, please? Uh, make a motion that we approve the preliminary plat <coughs> PP-22-0048 for Redemption Hill Subdivision, located at 802 West 22nd Terrace. I have a second. Thank you, Commissioner Thomas. Any discussion? <coughs> discussion? No? Could you call the vote, please? Commissioner Ashford? Yes. Commissioner Barotto? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Duvar? Yes. Commissioner Hayden? Yes. Commissioner Munch? Yes. Commissioner Rexford? Yes. Commissioner Thomas? Yes. Motion passes 8 to 0. Thank you. Now we move on to item number two. Um, for this item, we actually will recess the Lawrence Douglas County Metropolitan Planning Commission and convene a joint meeting with the Eudora Planning Commission. 
<clears throat> so before um, I'd like to, uh, for the good of the whole, I'm going to sort of review the order of business here so everybody knows um, what's coming up. But uh, first we need to, um, there's been a request to extend the applicant's uh, time, um, let's say about for about five minutes from 10 minutes to 15 minutes. Are there any objections to that? No objections. Okay. So, uh, like I said, for the good of the whole, uh, we're going to uh, consider approve, approving a conditional use permit for mining, excavation, extraction of natural resources at 1174 East 2300 Road. Um, how this will work, there will have uh, the staff present the project, Mary Miller for Douglas County and Dave Nopkick. I'm sorry, Nopkick. Nopic, for consultant for City View Dora. Sorry if I messed up that name. Um, so after staff presents the project, uh, the applicant will have 15 minutes to make a presentation. That will be followed by public comment. Each member of the public has three minutes to comment. The applicant will then respond, has five minutes to respond to uh, the concerns brought by the public. And then once uh, the public and the applicant have responded, we'll bring it back to the commission for discussion. We'll allow the Eudora Planning Commission to discuss this first. Um, then we'll bring it up to the Douglas County Commission to discuss. And then when we're ready to hold a vote, the Eudora Planning Commission will be first to vote um, their recommendation before the Douglas County. So I just wanna make sure everybody is sort of clear on the process here. Okay, so we'll start off uh, with Mary Miller, I believe. Good evening, Commissioners. Mary Miller, City County Planner, and I will pull up my screen real quick. As you mentioned, this is a conditional use permit for a quarry, which is classified as a mining, excavation, and or extraction of natural resources use. The subject property is outlined in green on this screen, and it is just southeast of the city of Eudora. The yellow and red lines mark the higher classification roads in the network, and the blue area is the three-mile planning radius for the city of Eudora. And whenever we have items within this three-mile radius, um, the city is notified, and then a joint planning commission is held if the uh, city has concerns. The property is also adjacent to the Johnson County line, so we did provide notification to property owners within Johnson County and also to the Johnson County Planning Office, and the um, comments provided by the Johnson County Planning Office are included in your agenda packet. This is a closer look of the location. It is just south of an existing quarry. This is a ham Eudora quarry. This would be, uh, this application is brought forth by Mid-States Materials, so I'll be referring to it as the Mid-States Quarry. It is about a half a mile from the city of Eudora city limits. Um, I'm sorry, about a mile from the city limits. It's about a quarter mile from the urban growth area. The yellow area is tier two, um, where Growth is expected to occur within the next 20 years. And the red area is the urban reserve area or where the urban growth area will expand in the future. This operation plan was 
provided with the application and it shows the different phases being proposed. Uh, these are designated as colors. That way there's no implication or no expectation of the order of phasing, but it does show the three separate phases uh, that are being proposed. Coleman Creek runs through the property and there will be no quarrying on the east side of Coleman Creek. They're proposing a 100 foot setback on the west side of the creek and also any um, setbacks associated with the floodplain that would be required by the Zoning and Codes Office um, with the review of the um, floodplain development permits. They are proposing the um, setbacks in compliance with the zoning regulations. The zoning regulations require a minimum of 500 feet setback from residential uses or zoning. And so we have the residences in the area. We can see the 500 foot setback. And also this little additional setback here is to accommodate the uh, CP zoning across the street, which is the rural residential zoning cluster preservation district. 100 foot setbacks are being provided or proposed along the right of way of the roads. 50 foot setbacks along the adjacent property lines, and these are compliant to zoning regulation standards. The plant site, the crushing area, and the stockpiling area is proposed in this area. Anna Hall Road is being proposed um, to extend south of North 1200 Road. Um, the applicant noted that this length of the Hall Road would allow trucks to access this facility without having to queue up on North 1200 Road. Just some general information about the quarry operations. Um, no more than 50 acres be allowed to be open at one time, uh, with the exception of, uh, I'm sorry, each phase would have to be completely reclaimed before quarrying can move into the next phase, with the exception of 10 acres in the next phase. So if you were quarrying in this phase, and if this was the next phase, the blue phase would have to be completely reclaimed, except you could do 10 acres of crushing and, and quarrying in the green phase. And the reason is we do sequential reclamation, which means you put the overburden back into the off the hole and you're filling it as you're quarrying and that way reclamation is happening during the process but it's often necessary to get a little more overburden from the next phase in order to complete the reclamation on the previous phase Uh, the applicant is proposing to use the same truck route that is being used by the quarry to the north and that would be north 1200 road uh, to the west to um East 2200 Road, which is a principal arterial, and then take that north to K10. The application requested a 30 year time frame, but the applicant has agreed to reduce that to 20 years to <laughs> request. And um, this would allow the quarry to expire um, in about accordance with Yodora's estimated time frame for their development to begin in that area. And then if quarrying was not completed, they would need to uh, submit a new conditional use permit application, and that could be evaluated with the area as it has developed up to that point. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Division identified some wetlands on the property. Um, their wetlands are not 100% accurate, but they will be shown on this plan, uh, along with 50-foot setbacks and a note that if the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers determines these are non-jurisdictional wetlands, or if they allow quarrying with mitigation measures, then the wetlands and the setbacks can be removed without needing to revise the conditional use permit. So when we look at conditional use permits, we have the review criteria that we examine. And the first is 
Is the use compatible with nearby zoning and land uses? These graphics are from the staff report, and it shows that the nearby zoning in the area is agricultural with that rural residential or the cluster preservation district just to the southwest. Um, the agricultural districts differ because of the size of the parcels. If it's 20 acres or larger, it's Ag 1, and that's considered more agricultural, even though it may be developed with the residents. And Ag 2, being less than 20 acres, we consider that transitional agriculture and it's more likely to be residential. The graphic to the right shows the land uses from the Douglas County Appraiser's Office, and the yellow areas are the single-family residential. The pink is agriculture, and then this gray area up in the corner is um, industrial, and that would be that existing quarry. Mining is an activity that has uh, that can have significant off-site impacts due primarily to the track truck traffic and the noise associated with production. And as I noticed here, the area does contain agricultural zoning and uses with residences and with nearby residences to the Southwest. Conditions and restrictions of use um, should be applied to mitigate negative impacts on your properties. And these could include setbacks, uh, pre-blasting surveys and hydrologic studies, lighting standards, limits on hours for sales and for production and blasting and an established truck route and road maintenance provisions. And I'll discuss the conditions later and go through those very briefly. So while a quarry will have offsite impacts due to the activity and the traffic, measures proposed with the conditions and restrictions of use should mitigate the impact of the quarry on nearby land uses. Then we look at the impact of the, uh, the compatibility of the proposed use with the character of the area. And for this review, the area again is outlined in green. For this review, we usually use an area about one mile from the subject property. However, we did not go into Johnson County because the Johnson County Planning Office reviewed that. So we're just looking at a one mile area on the west side of the county line. So we go to 2200 road to the west, 1300 road to the north, and where 1050 road would be to the south. Um, so it's about a half a mile south of North 1100 road. The red dots are generally the location of residences. This was taken from GIS mapping, so it is possible that I've missed residences, uh, but the intent is to show generally the development pattern. Um, residences are primarily along North 1100 Road and in this platted subdivision to the southwest of the quarry property. As it does, um, the one mile area does include portions of Eudora. We do have areas that are developed to urban densities and that's highlighted in red. And then we have the quarry to the north. Since this is a rural area in close proximity to the city limits of Eudora and the urban growth area, there is a mix of uses uh, with agricultural uses, rural residential and urban development, as well as an established quarry. The proximity of the city of Eudora presents two issues. One is the compatibility of the quarrying activity on the uh, with increased residential development, and the other is timing. Taking into account the future growth of Eudora, quarrying activities in this area, if approved, should occur as soon as possible so that the resources can be utilized and the area made available for development or return to agriculture as soon as possible. Access to the plant is proposed, as I mentioned, from North 1200 Road. 
and a limited quarry access on North, or I'm sorry, East 2300 Road. This is the existing farm access. They're requesting to keep that. And that would be for smaller vehicles, such as the survey crew or the blasting crew. Heavy quarry traffic is not permitted or haul trucks are not permitted on 2300 Road. The access restrictions limit them to North 1200 Road. There have been several comments regarding the safety of the quarry traffic and the inexperienced high school drivers. Um, the high school has a driveway on East 2200 Road Church Street, which is a principal arterial, and there is concern that the existing traffic already creates a traffic safety issue and that additional traffic would make this worse. Uh, we discussed this with the applicant and the county engineer, and they indicated they were open to options to improve the safety of the truck route. One suggestion that was proposed um, with an earlier review of the Hamiodora quarry was to use East 2300 Road as the truck route to K-10. And the uh, county engineer prepared a rough cost estimate of the cost to improve the road so that it could serve as a haul route and function to serve the residences on it safely. And um, he felt this option might be cost prohibitive. And the county engineer, Chad Boyd, is, uh, I believe, present tonight. So if you do have questions for him on the truck route or the traffic safety or any other questions, he's available to answer your questions. Another option, uh, which was recommended with previous studies, is to install a roundabout at the high school access point. And this would help with the current traffic and congestion, as well as future traffic. And the applicant noted they would be willing to participate in the cost of the roundabout. No decisions have been made to this point regarding these transportation options. Uh, the truck route would keep heavy truck traffic on the higher classification road system. And as I mentioned earlier, the conditions and restrictions of use proposed with this permit should result in a project that, while not without impact, should be compatible with maintain the character of the area. Another review criteria we look at is, is the property suitable for the uses to which it's restricted currently? And it is well suited to the agricultural uses and uses allowed in the agricultural district. However, due to the location of limestone reserves, it is also well suited to the proposed use of a quarry. Uh, would there be an impact on the natural environment? Uh, the prime farmland, as noted in the staff report, would be uh, affected with the core use. Other features of the natural environment are subject to oversight by the county, state, and federal entities, and no negative impact is anticipated. We review if there would be an impact on the transportation, community facilities, or utilities. Uh, the quarry would not require community facilities or utilities, but as I mentioned, there could be an impact on the transportation network um, because of the use of the um, truck route. And um, East 2200 Road, County Route 1061, as it's a principal arterial, it is a truck route for many uses in eastern Douglas County and western Johnson County that want to access K-10. To address the impact heavy trucks have on the road, a fee is required for every ton of rock that's removed from the quarry. And this way they pay proportionally to the amount of truck traffic um, on the roads. With the ham quarry to the north, it was 10 cents when that was approved, and that's adjusted annually based on the consumer price indices. Um, it's now at about 11.62 cents per ton, and that's where, if this quarry is approved, that's where their rock fee would begin at. A condition of approval of the uh, quarry to the north is that um, road maintenance and traffic safety would be reviewed if the um, production rate exceeded 720,000 tons per year 
for two consecutive years. So if they reach that level of production, um, the county engineer would review if additional road maintenance provisions or safety measures would be necessary based on that amount of traffic. Uh, in the application, the applicant noted that uh, that quarry now averages production of about 500,000 tons. And in their opinion, the overall amount of aggregate generated from the two quarries would not be significantly increased. They believe it would just uh, increase competition and lower prices. However, for the purpose of this review, staff is operating under the assumption that there would be an increase in production and traffic with the additional quarry. And this assumption um, is made to ensure that we have adequate road maintenance provisions and traffic safety measures. And as I mentioned, um, we have looked at different options for traffic safety measure, the revised truck route, um, the access point management, perhaps a roundabout. And another option, which is one that's being recommended at, at this time, is to limit the production of the proposed new quarry, if approved, to no more than 500,000 tons per year for the first two years. And this would allow the impact on the roadway and the traffic safety elements to be evaluated and necessary measures to be implemented. Um, before traffic, or I'm sorry, before production is increased if it's allowed to be increased. And the applicant indicated they were open to these options and they're willing to participate in the funding for um, the improvements to the traffic system. And then we look at whether or not the proposal is compliant with the recommendations in the comprehensive plan. Uh, plan 2040 does recommend that, uh, well, it recognizes that extraction of natural resources is essential and recommends that the process be managed to minimize impacts on the environment and surrounding land uses. And again, the conditions and restrictions of uses are intended to minimize these negative impacts. The land within the quarry would be reclaimed for agricultural purposes when the life of the quarry is over. Uh, we look at whether or not it's compliant with the zoning regulations and as noted in the staff report it is being designed in compliance with those standards and then finally we look at whether or not a time limit is appropriate and as i mentioned earlier um, the proposed and recommended time limit for this quarry would be 20 years uh, so that could be reevaluated if quarrying is not complete it um, would either expire or a new cup would be required so it could be reevaluated we received a number of communications, and these were included in your packet, and the principal concerns raised were uh, the impact the quarry use would have on nearby residential uses and the character of the area. Uh, there's a, quite a bit of concern with any impact it would have on housing prices and the value, housing values, um, the impact on Eudora's future growth, and the safety of additional truck traffic on East 2200 Road. It may be preferable to have one quarry operating this area rather than two operating simultaneously, but with the timing of Eudora's projected growth, it may be better to complete the quarrying so the reserves of natural resources are utilized before the city has grown to this point. And I will, uh, I just want to go over, well, maybe staff's recommendation. Uh, staff is recommending that the Planning Commission forward this CUP to the Board of County Commissioners with a recommendation for approval. Uh, based on the findings of the fact in the staff report and subject to the conditions. And I just want to go through the conditions briefly. I don't, I don't know if the members of the public are aware of what the recommended conditions and restrictions of use are. And many of you, members of the commission, I don't know if you've been um, involved in any of the previous quarries. So I just want to go over what the standards are. Uh, the first condition is a list of uses that are allowed. 
and only those uses are allowed. It also has a prohibition on requesting to use a quarry as a sanitary landfill throughout the life of the CUP. It notes what the setbacks are. Uh, condition three lists the time restrictions, and these match the quarry that's just to the north. Four sets standards on blasting, and it sets time restrictions on blasting. The general time for blasting is noon to 2 p.m. However, they are able to vary from that if necessary. It requires a pre-blast survey and hydrologic study and a pre-blast survey, well, what these are, every time you move into a new phase, the operator is required to offer these to property owners within a half a mile of that phase. And a pre-blast survey for the property owners that indicate they're interested in having one done is a video survey done by a third party where they survey the structures. And so they're able to document what is the status of the structure at this time. You know, is the foundation What's the status of the walls? And that way they have a baseline before any quarrying has occurred in that phase. And the hydrologic study is the same thing. It's not a video, but they do go out and they measure the amount of water in the wells, the depth of the wells, and the water in the streams. And so that way, property owners have a baseline of what their situation was prior to any quarrying occurring. Uh, blasts are monitored. Uh, the quarry contracts or would contract with a third party to handle the blasting. And they also contract with a seismology company and they set up seismology monitors and these are monitored, the blasts are monitored and they keep these records on hand to ensure that they stay within safe limits. Fencing is required around the perimeter and of course security gating and signage. Um, condition eight and nine are basically just stating that the state and federal regulations will be complied with. While this is required, adding them as conditions also makes it the CUP subject to that. So if they don't comply with these conditions, then the CUP is not in compliance. Um, 10 requires an operation plan be provided at the first year of operation and every five years after. That way we can monitor the operation. Um, a reclamation plan is required. And this also includes a performance bond for reclamation so that if the operator would abandon a quarry, the county would have the funds available so that they could ensure that reclamation is completed. There is a limit on the area that can be opened and mined from, that's 50 acres. Phasing, um, the, app, the operator is instructed or is required to contact planning office when they're done with a phase. And um, it must be determined that reclamation is completed and in compliance with the reclamation plan before they can move into the next phase. And before they move in the next phase, we check to make sure that they've done the hydrologic studies, the drainage studies, and the other studies that are required. The site access and road restrictions, and this includes that production limit I mentioned of 500,000 tons per year. <clears throat> and then we have other uh, light pollution, any on-site light is not to glare off-site. The permit is attached to the operator. So if a, the quarry was sold and a new operator, the CUP would come back to the planning commission. This would allow us to review this, the quarry carefully to make sure that it is in compliance prior to the switch of operators. And then also we can evaluate the operator's track record to make sure we're comfortable that they'd be able to adequately operate the quarry. Um, there's a provision that the zoning and codes office is allowed to inspect the quarry at any time. And if there's a violation to work with the quarry operator to correct that, and if it can't be corrected to take it to the county commission, five-year reviews are required, and then the 20-year time limit. So I know that was quite a bit of conditions, but I just wanted to go through those since I've mentioned them so often. Um, so that is my presentation. And um, 
I'll be happy to answer any questions. And I know um, Eudora's consultants is uh, available to do a presentation as well. And the county engineer is also available. Thank you, Mary. And so now we will hear from um, Dave Nopik. Please tell me if I did that incorrectly. And You're fine. I'm okay. at the age. You can pronounce my name any way you want to. <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm going to try to get the shared screen to work here and hopefully you're ready pretty quick. And let's see if I can do this. Okay, there we go. Yeah, that's it. I think we're good. Once again, I'm Dave Nopik. I'm a planning consultant with the city of Eudora. Tonight with me is the city manager, Barack Mati. He'll have a slide at the end of this that he wants to go into for your benefit. I appreciate the opportunity to speak, and we will not go over all the technical information that you've been provided by county staff already. Obviously, this is your case. We're here to represent what we feel are the concerns of the city, and I'm going to give you an overview tonight of the process we've been through up to this point so that you're familiar with that. Just so you have an idea, we did get notified by county planning staff back in September about this application being made under the same rules and procedures and policies that Mary already described. You're within a three, this case is within three miles of the city limits of the city of Eudora. Therefore, the county has notified us of that. We did an application materials review. The city staff did that, um, and that was distributed to the Eudora Planning Commission with our staff report. We also did have a conference call during that period of time with county staff to get a better understanding of some of the things that were being proposed through this application. On November 2nd, two weeks ago, we held a planning commission meeting at the city of Eudora to review and discuss the item. Um, as part of that, I provided an overview report and presentation, and I also gave an overview of the application materials, and there was commission discussion, but there was no public hearing, there was no comment that was received at that point in time. So tonight will be the first time our commission hears the public information from that standpoint. We did receive uh, several comments in writing that were part of their packet, and it's also part of your packet. So one of the things that's a little different in procedure than maybe a year ago when we did this, we learned learned a lot, county staff and us, we learned a lot about the procedure side of this, and we felt it was important that the Planning Commission for the City of Eudora be present for the um, discussion of the public hearing and not necessarily come to a conclusion as far as their recommendation prior to hearing that public hearing and hearing the public comment as well as the applicant uh, through the process. So on November 2nd, um, we did have a discussion. I then drafted a letter and a communication that the uh, Planning Commission Chair for the City of Eudora forwarded to the county staff, and that's included in your packet. So you'll see that um, letter that was there that simply is the overview, and it stipulates a couple of the concerns that you're going to hear me talk about tonight. And from that, we hopefully have a complete packet for you. There are two things that I'm going to focus on in my presentation before I turn it over to Barack, and a couple of those things that I just want to make sure everybody's aware of. 
We do have an urban growth area map that is part of a inner uh, local agreement with the county, and it's a policy guidance map. So when we think about this, the idea is, is that we're trying to identify where we see the city of Eudora growing in the future. So the tiers of growth, the first tier is the immediate growth area, which is really within the city limits. That's our infill area. That's the stuff that's immediate, immediately adjacent to the city limits that there are services already there that could be provided to facilitate growth in the area. The, two, the tier two area, which is in yellow on this map, is the area that we see primarily growing into in the next 20 years. And I'm gonna talk about this um, with a little different perspective than when this map was developed in 2019. Um, in 2019, we were also in the midst of doing our comprehensive plan update, which got adopted in 2020. That'll be my next slide to go through. But at that time, we had made some assumptions about future growth, and we were looking at a pretty steady growth line for the community based on historic growth patterns in that place. The tier three area that's on this map is actually what's referred to the, as the urban reserve area, and that was a growth area where we saw the city of Eudora going into somewhere beyond 20 years past 2019. So we were at about the 2040 period when you'd start to see that area begin to fill in. Um, this map, the set of tiers, the growth area that was identified is really based on infrastructure availability and expandability, and then the desire to coordinate development decisions such as this between the county and the city of Eudora. So this is really a start point for a lot of the discussions when we start looking at growth and development around the area, whether it's through a, a county proposal or it's through a city proposal. We want to understand how is this going to mesh together and is it readily servable by our infrastructure at the city of Eudora? That's a huge factor for us. So the primary growth area or the primary anticipated development pattern for the city of Eudora is primarily south and southeast. Given its infrastructure and the way the system is laid out, um, you really can't go north because of the rivers uh, to the north. Same to the east, you have that creek that is a dividing point because it starts falling off in that area. Um, so we're kind of geographically pinned into this growth area, if you will, as our primary growth area of the future. I mentioned that that policy map and the policy was developed, the interlocal agreement was developed at the end of 2019. At the end of 2020, the city of Eudora updated and adopted its updated comprehensive plan, which you can see the future land use map here on this graphic. At that point, our population projection, you can see we were utilizing a 2017 estimate of 6,200, 6,300 people for the city of Eudora, and we were anticipating about 9,400 people by the year 2040. So that's the same kind of projection we were using to feed the urban growth area map that you saw, and then it also fed the anticipated growth and development pattern that we were anticipating primarily with residential development moving to the south and to the southeast, and then the commercial focus really being in the downtown area, as well as the interchanges at K-10, which are the obvious locations where you would anticipate uh, the primary commercial development. We did identify the potential for some commercial at the neighborhood level um, at 1200 Road and 2200 Road or Church Street. That was an intersection that as the residential development kept creeping to the south, we could see small levels of commercial maybe supporting that uh, residential area. So as we looked at that, we were maintaining an existing land use pattern and a density and intensity that was really traditional and was really historical for the area. What we've been working on though since then 
on a couple fronts. And last year when the ham quarry was being looked at for the expansion of that quarry and the timeline, we, were, we referred to in the presentation some of the development that was being proposed along K-10. And so as we've been looking at this, there have been two primary factors that have really been feeding the growth area into the south part of Eudora. One is a Starbond district that's being pursued, which Barack's gonna talk about, and some of the development there and the details there because he's been intimately involved with that. But the other part was the Panasonic announcement. Obviously that has influenced a lot of things in this area. And so we began looking at our future land use map and our growth projections and trying to identify what may happen here. As you can see, I've just outlined again, the Starbond district, the Panasonic announcement, and then the increased level of development inquiries that we're getting that are primarily residential oriented. So Barack may want to talk about those because his office has been receiving most of those calls. Um, but what I will tell you is it has been more residential orient oriented for the city of Eudora whereas things like the employment orientation has been more to the DeSoto side, the Johnson County side, if you will, because they're trying to be in close proximity to where the Panasonic plant is planned. So as we looked at this and we started looking at population growth, I have the fortunate ability to go uh, and look at Southwest Johnson County because I do work down in that area. And I wanted to indicate to you how the growth may change in this area, given a significant announcement such as the Panasonic plant. When we look at Southwest Johnson County with Gardner and Edgerton and what happened with the Kansas City logistics uh, area there and the intermodal, it's interesting to watch how growth has occurred there. So I'm gonna give you an idea of what the growth in Gardner, Kansas has been like. In 1990, it was a community of 3,200 people, 3,191 people. Today, it stands at about 23,900 is where they're at. So in 30 years, they have grown by 6.5 times what they were in 1990. A lot of that is being fueled by the employment opportunities that have been created in that area. So part of our effort has been, how do we project that, which is very hard to do because we really don't know how this is gonna come about. But we do know that land speculation is occurring in the area. We do know that we have inquiries. And we do know that there's a significant monetary uh, commitment by the state, the counties, the local jurisdictions to support that level of employment development in the DeSoto area, which is very close proximity to us. So as we looked at that, we started talking about how would we increase housing diversity in the area, meaning different housing types, not just single family, low residential development, but also some of the other types of housing that come with mixed use districts. Um, we wanted to create a destination component to the community as well. And then we started looking at that residential development further south and southeast, and it begins to look like we would be filling up that urban growth area in a much quicker fashion than the 20, 40 years that we were anticipating. So we have very deep concerns about the idea of another quarry operating, utilizing this infrastructure piece, 1200 Road and Church Street primarily, as we're going through a process of what could be a very fast growth pattern, which we didn't anticipate necessarily three years ago. So it's a very difficult thing to look at, but I'm gonna turn this over to Brock real quick and he's gonna talk a little bit about the Starbond District and what Eudora is working on from the standpoint of a little more detail. Uh, good evening, my name is Barack Matita, I'm the city manager of Eudora. Uh, the, uh, 
uh, what I wanted to share with you, it's not most so about uh, the, you know, the project per se, it's about some of the discussions that we were having before Panasonic and before many of the things that uh, have been uh, recently in the news. For us, last time we were talking about the ham quarry, uh, we alluded to you know, some of the conversation we are having behind the scenes, but we weren't ready to share with you all yet, not the public yet, because there's a lot of things that we were still fine-tuning. Uh, but that conversation was, uh, uh, in, in our conversation that the Eudora City Commission has been having uh, since 2019, you know, when we acquired the 15-acre truck uh, right off of K10, the City Commission had a conversation and said, what's next? Being a bedroom community, we have to have a diversified tax base to be able to provide the services that many of, many of our residents need. So how do you do that? We can't be able to just rely on rooftops. We have to be able to create retail, commercial, and industrial. And for us, we needed to get the sales tax. So we started having that conversation over a long period of time. And uh, the key to our success, the city commission landed on and said, let's go ahead uh, and explore is trying to find a way to attract people to our community so that we can be able to share uh, some amenities uh, you know, that we would be able to create for them to, uh, to use. So since then, the city commission has been having conversation trying to find the feasibility of is, you know, the, you know, is, you know, is this sports tourism uh, arena concept that we're thinking that would be able to draw people to Eudora doable? And again, we've worked with a lot of uh, uh, folks in our teams to be able to find out the feasibility of this, even having conversation with the state uh, Department of Commerce, because they would have to approve the one tool that we identified that we would be able to use uh, to make the project feasible. We knew that we would not be able to just do it with the tools that we have, your typical CAD, TIFFs, uh, or anything like that. So we needed to find something that was much bigger that would have the impact that we'd see. Uh, so for us, uh, uh, so for us, you know, we wanted to be able to uh, focus on that. Again, this was before Panasonic, a lot of discussions we were having and knowing that uh, this, you know, when we did our comprehensive plan, you know, most of the community engagement, the comments that we received was, how are we going to manage growth as a growing community? So for us, it was not about a matter of when Eudora will grow, uh, if Eudora will grow, it was a matter of when. And we had to take a proactive approach, knowing that we're on a growth corridor, we have to think ahead. Our city commission has always known that Eudora is going to grow. How do we get ahead of it? That's always been the charge, and most of our conversation and how we look at things, I've always be, you know, uh, looked at in the lens of what's in the best interest of the community 10, 20, 30 years from now. So the conversations that we've had uh, leading up to what you'll be seeing uh, has been around that. When we presented the, uh, uh, the urban growth area working with the county in 2018, 2019, that was part of that. The discussion that uh, we had with county staff when we talk about infrastructure, discussions that we had with KDOT talking about how we have to realign and make all the improvements south of K10 to accommodate the growth that we knew would happen on the south side cannot just happen with the existing infrastructure. We had to make improvements. We ourselves we would not be able to make that possible. Uh, so for us, we wanted to make sure that uh, we're able to, uh, to do that 
but we couldn't be able to do it alone, and we needed stakeholders to help us uh, through, uh, through this process. So for us, after many conversations and discussions that we've had, uh, again, this is specific to this project, but for us, the vision and the conversation that we're having was how, how are we going to grow uh, as a community, knowing some of the historical uh, things that have happened in our community just because of you know, the ammunition plant was, you know, where the Panasonic is going. That had a great impact in Eudora. Some of the growth and developments that we have uh, were not, you know, are not consistent. And there's some anomalies and uh, infrastructure inefficiencies throughout the city. And we are working through those things and some of the mistakes that were done in the past. So we have to accept our responsibility moving forward. We can't just say, and you know, they didn't do it right. They didn't know what they were doing. They thought what they were doing then was best because when you see all that uh, development, you have to do something and they did what was best. And for us, we knew we have to uh, find ways to uh, fix all those things that uh, weren't right when it comes to infrastructure, the quality of life, housing, zoning rules and whatnot uh, as we move forward. Uh, Fast forward to some of the discussions that uh, led to this project. When we look at a project like this and knowing that we'll be able to grow south of K-10, we don't look at just a piece. We look at a whole area to try and understand what are the possibility and what do we want that uh, quadrant to look like. Specifically for this project, again, before Panasonic, we are thinking about an indoor and outdoor uh, 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 amenities to be able to draw both uh, you know, indoor, indoor activities and outdoor sports, we know this will change. And again, for us, this was going to be done in phases. We know this plan will change given the recent announcement for Panasonic being uh, a tourist de a destination that will create for phase one. They'll have, uh, you know, youth sports games. We knew we have to create hotels and all the other amenities to support uh, to create the cell stacks that will be able to support the, uh, uh, the construction of the indoor arena. For us, this is a small piece, but it's part of that bigger piece of what we know our community is, which is we are going to grow. And the 2% growth that we had projected and assumed when we are doing a comprehensive plan is going to change with the recent announcement of Panasonic. And we know uh, we are not that far from Panasonic That's the image that we shared with our city commission, our planning commission, and all those developers that have been calling us. Uh, it's good for us because now we can be able to share with folks and tell them what we want, how we're growing our vision for our community, and we can be able to direct uh, many of the things that uh, we know we need as a community. And to be able to have those discussions, it's easier once we've created that vision. 
we know the vision and the plan that uh, we uh, we had developed and the comp plan and the land use map that we develop as part of our comprehensive plan will change. And that's some of the comments that uh, Dave Nopik alluded to. We're having those internal discussions. <coughs> How do we now change our land use map to obviously increase the density that we were not uh, planning on having? How does that change? How does that change some of our zoning uh, regulations that we have to accommodate what will definitely have an impact uh, in our community. And it's not just Panasonic. There is another development just adjacent to Panasonic and closer to our community that's uh, under construction right now. All those things will impact how we grow. And we've always tried to look at how do we get ahead of it? How do we get ahead of it and not react to what is coming? Because from what we've learned, that has not been great for our community, and we've made every attempt to make sure we plan ahead, be it policy, be it land development. We should always be ahead of it and make sure that whatever is being proposed does not stunt our growth because we only have to grow uh, south. And for us, taking what's before you into consideration is very important and uh that's all I wanted to share with you. I believe Dave will finish his presentation. And I'll just I'll just wrap up briefly. I had one slide left. The the project that Barack is referring to is evolving. It's evolving into a mixed use type of district, which includes that entertainment. Oh, thanks. That'll work too. Um, I think it will. Let's see if it comes up. Yeah, it's not coming up, so I'll just go with this. Um, it is a very different district. It does not have the low intensity of the recreational component that was talked about before there came up. Um, so it is more of a residential mixed use with that commercial element and that sports entertainment destination element to it, which we see as generating a large amount of traffic also in this same area. So. Very quickly to wrap up, as far as our staff recommendation, this was a recommendation that we did provide to our planning commission, and it was part of the letter that we conveyed to you, is given those concerns and the incompatibility or the potential incompatibility with the existing and future planned residential uses in the area, the negative influence on future Eudora growth to the south and southeastward and its primary growth area, as well as the traffic impacts to 1200 Road and Church uh, Street in particular leading up to K-10, uh, staff was recommending denial of the CUP request as far as a recommendation to our planning commission. So that's where we stand on that from our staff standpoint. Thank you both very much. That gives us an excellent background um, going forward. Um, we'll hear next from the applicant, Cole Anderson. I think. You don't have to whisper. That's okay. Whispering You can tell that we you don't just, run your technology. I know it's a, right. <laughs> we all have these issues. <laughs> it is not doing that. Yeah. How about if I hit? No, I don't hit. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
Coward. <laughs> Always obey the man behind the computers, please. <laughs> Mr. Anderson. Actually, my name is Rich Eckert. My apologies. Okay. Cole Anderson is vice president of Mid-States ah. Materials. He's right there. All right. Next to him is uh, Danny Hurt with Buckley Powder, who's a, a blasting expert. So in mm -hmm. case we get into some okay. blasting questions, I did have that testimony uh, there for you. It and can you like say your name again? Rich, Rich. Eckert, E-C-K-E-R-T. And I still don't have my PowerPoint up. By the way, while, while we're, we're waiting for the magic to happen, uh, that was a, an excellent picture of the Eudora Starbond Development District. And we were sitting there doing some rough back-of-the-envelope calculations. And we think that project would need about 5 million tons of aggregate to finish. And when you realize that HAMS is limited to 750,000 in a year, and our proposal is limited to 500,000 tons a year, uh, that would have to be a multi-year project because we simply couldn't produce that much aggregate to build that project uh, over a year or two or three. So while we're why are we here? There's an answer right there. It's being, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I still don't have a PowerPoint up. Okay, thank you. Um, I can kind of go a little bit. Why are we here? There's a couple of reasons. We know there's rock there. It's very rich in rock. And the rock is where the rock is. We can't pick it up and move it to a sparse part of a county. And we get this a lot where we, uh, we have quarries all over the state of Kansas. We're constantly asked, why can't you go somewhere else? The rock is where the rock is. And the other reason is that you also have to have a willing landowner. And that's, that's actually harder than you think. Uh, we have a lot of uh, landowners that sit on rock, but for whatever reason, they don't want a quarry. Cool. Okay. Got to drive. Um, and then the, the other reason is that it's extremely attractive that it's next to an existing quarry. A lot of the things that, that, that we worry about as a community or as a neighborhood or whatever, at least it's already baked in here. And right now we know that the market is 500,000 tons plus or minus a year. Will that market go up? Yeah, it probably will because of the very reasons that the Eudora planner delineated. Uh, however, the market still remains what it is. We don't come in and then we also sell 500,000 tons. That's not the way it works. Thank you. So that's kind of a couple of the reasons that we're here. Uh, Mid-States Materials, we're a, a member of the Bettis Companies. We're headquartered out of Topeka, Kansas. Uh, a lot of us are local, though. I myself have two degrees from KU. Love this area. I come back every chance I get. Um, uh, the Bettis Companies, that's a family organization. It's owned by two brothers and a sister. Uh, and we're very proud that we're still family owned. And I lost my PowerPoint. Yeah, hold on. So how do I go to the next screen? There we go. So the Bettis companies, we are eight, uh, we're made up of eight different construction companies. Oh, I can tell you right now that six of them are heavily dependent upon aggregates. Uh, that's how much the aggregate industry is. If you, you simply can't have construction without aggregates. Uh, the mothership, so to speak, of our companies is Bettis Asphalt. We actually have an asphalt plant in Lawrence. Uh, we're in this community already. Uh, one of the, 
the, the transportation industry, to get work, we're in the low bid business. We have to have the low bid, right? You can't just pick up a phone as a government and hire your preferred contractor. And the taxpayers actually want you to have the low bid. To be the low bid, what we have done is that we try to control all of the inputs. One of the major inputs to asphalt is, of course, limestone. Another input is sand. Uh, we're now putting in a sand plant on the Shawnee County side that'll be closer to here. It's, it's in Shawnee County. We just got a permit. But again, we control our inputs. We also, one of our many companies is Capital Trucking. Now we control our trucking. These allow us to be, or to be more consistent in trying to provide low bids to KDOT, to counties, to cities, to townships. It's part of what we do. So when you say, or if you ask, why can't we just buy rock from Hams? Well, Hams is a competitor. They're not going to sell us rock at a preferred price, but Mid-States Materials can, and that allows us to have a low bid for your asphalt needs. So here's a list of our Kansas quarries. We also have some quarries in Oklahoma and Missouri. As you look at that map, you'll see that that's actually a pretty good map of where limestone is in Kansas. It's centered in the eastern one-third of the state of Kansas. Uh, and, you know, the area in Kansas City, Johnson County, and the eastern edge of, of Douglas County is very rich with rock. Um, again, we think that this is a growth industry. We've just actually heard a lot of testimony about how this is a growth industry and it's a growth community as well. Um, you're simply just going to have to use, you're going to need limestone to do all, the city of Eudora is going to need limestone to do the things that they want to do. Um, aggregates are the building blocks of communities across this country. Economic development, for every dollar that we sell, it produces four more dollars in your community. If we sell 5 million tons of rock to the Eudora Starbun district, that alone, I mean, take it times four, that's how much it's providing in terms of other sales. Um, again, there was some talk about a roundabout. We have not had a lot of discussion with the city of Eudora, but we are willing to make a commitment to help pay for that roundabout whenever it happens. You might say, well, if you get your CUP in a month, you don't have any longer have reasons to negotiate. But we will, we have whatever it takes to get to the Douglas County Commission, we're willing to sit down with Eudora and put something in writing on that. So we are willing to help pay for the needed roundabout. Again, the growth area. Uh, in, in our discussions with the commissioner or um, our planner, Ms. Miller, uh, from our original application, we did make a number of concessions. And one of the things that she brought up is this map, and in yellow, I think that that's, that's their tier two. That's where they expect to be or hope to be in 20 years. We had asked for a 30-year permit, but we had knocked that down to 20 years to kind of match that up with their tier growth. Um, a couple of the other things that we've done uh, is that we've agreed to a limit of 500,000 tons for the next couple of years, the first two years after we open the quarry, that is. Uh, and, and that's a, a much significant reduction from what even HAMS has. So I do want to talk about development next to quarries. It was kind of a, uh, it was brought up at that planning commission that we had, or the meeting in Eudora, where no one testified. Uh, there was a question about what happens around quarries. And, and the answer that the planner gave, and Dave, I don't mean to pull this out of your mouth, to correct me if I'm wrong, but you said it's mostly industrial. And that happens, that's true. But this quarry is the Edgerton Quarry. It's been open since 1950. And the reason we put this slide up is 
you can see how Edgerton has grown to the west of that. But in the last five years, seven years, Johnson County put in the Big Bull Creek Park Nature Park. We are next door neighbors. We helped them build the fence. We contributed for half to build the fence uh, that separates a nature park next to the second biggest quarry that we operate. This is the Olathe Quarry. This is a present day picture. And as you can see, they're building subdivisions around this quarry even as we speak. You can see the dirt patch that is to the east. That is a current subdivision being built right now. You can see the subdivisions that they've already built around that quarry. The lesson is, is it's important to put the quarry in first, but if your fear is that nothing's going to build around it, we're looking at real time what's happening in Olathe, Kansas. We don't have to go much further. Oh, here's just a factoid I threw in from uh, our, our uh, national membership. Here's the St. Louis Quarry in 2005. As you can see, there's still subdivisions being built around that. Here it is today, almost fully built out with residential housing. Again, 05, present. And by the way, these are all about half a million dollar houses when we looked them up online. That's a, a, an actual operating quarry right now. Same quarry, St. Louis. What you're looking at is right before they blast. You're looking at drilled holes and you're looking at explosives in the ground and you can see the housing. So, blasting, what are the legal limits? So there's a national standard. And what they did was they did a bunch of testing to figure out what blast amount causes damage. And so they knocked that down, they got, they got the limit, and what they did was they figured out what the limit was, and then they halved it. And that's the national standard, okay? What we're proposing is that we're going to be one-fourth of that at our boundaries. And we do that by using uh, sequence blasting and microblasting. So in the old days, They'd rule out a whole barrel of nitroglycerin and blow the crap out of everything. Well, they don't do that anymore. Now holes are drilled into the ground. Small amounts of, of uh, explosives are put into those holes, and it's sequenced so that it doesn't, doesn't all come up at once. All of the energy is directed down, which is where you want it. Any energy that comes up is wasted energy. Any energy that goes to the side, wasted energy. So the blasting technology, like everything else in the last 20 years, has gotten better. And with it, the ability to blast literally right next to housing. So, we heard some questions about what happens with values. Mid-States Materials operates the Big Springs Quarry. The Big Springs Quarry is on both sides of the line, on Douglas County and Shawnee County. It is our biggest quarry. Uh, so... Here's a national study, by the way. I cite the national study if you wanted to look it up. They find no evidence that quarrying negatively impacts home prices. Great, national study. Anybody can find a study that says anything, right? So here we go with Douglas County. Douglas County appraiser's website is amazing. You can go right on there and look at everything and you can look at the back history. So what we did was we looked at the 10 closest houses that border the Big Springs Quarry. 
understand that the Big Springs Quarry, we control about 2,000 acres, right? It's been uh, a quarry, that quarry has been, I don't know, 90s, it was opened in the early 90s. And as you can see on this slide, over the six years, 71%, 72%, 120%, 40%, 200%, 25%—that's the annual valuations over that time. The next four houses, similar numbers: 97%, 57%. What I'm saying is, it doesn't actually affect the values. We can see it in real time with Douglas County properties next to the Big Springs Quarry that it is not negatively affecting their values. Again, Mary brought this up. Uh, we're putting, the thing I want to say about this slide is that our haul route, the haul road, is to the north of the property. Very similar. It comes out about similar where Hams is, so we're not putting increased uh, area on an access to point that doesn't currently exist. The haul route does not go by the Hesper neighborhood. They're not going to see any more trucks than they see now. Again, we just simply point out that when the day comes that perhaps that different haul route is available, again, we would financially contribute to make that happen. Uh, the number, I think, that the, the uh, county public works director came up with was just under $4 million to improve that road. That's, that's quite a, a hiccup, as you could see. But if the day comes that we need to look at doing that, we would certainly help participate with that haul route as well. But we're currently ready to participate with the roundabout once Eudora wants to do it. And again, we're going to be paying a, almost 12 cents on the road tax that the county will be able to utilize for the current haul route. So I do want to explain a little bit about geographical monopolies. And geographically, Ham's Quarry is a monopoly. Our quarry at Big Springs is in your upper left-hand corner. Our Edgerton Quarry is to the south and to the east. Big Springs is 30 miles away. Edgerton is 40 miles away. We put a calculation there that you can see that basically on a 25-ton dump truck, Ham's has a $37.50 advantage over us before our truck leaves the quarry. That's not even counting, and we didn't put into that calculation what we have to pay the driver to drive that 40 miles or that 30 miles. So you can see the advantage that Ham's has here. And I've seen some anecdotal evidence, and I don't know if anybody's here to testify it, that Ham's prices are much higher at that quarry than they are the other two, because those other two are next to other quarries. I'm here to tell you that if our quarry goes in, the pricing will get cheaper. Absolutely. It will get cheaper. At our Big Springs quarry, we sell 65,000 tons a year agricultural lime to the farmers of this community. Ag lime is a very, we can't sell enough actually, that's all we make. We sell every pound of it. Uh, and we don't think it's going to be any different here. The farmers line up to buy ag lime as, as fast as we can make it. It's a byproduct actually of the limestone. You don't actually make ag lime, you collect it as you're making limestone. We sell every pound of it. And I include this uh, slide there to show you how important it is towards the agricultural community. Again, Big Springs sells 65,000 tons of it by itself. We always get a question, well, one year you're just going to put a landfill in. No, we're not going to do landfill. We're not in the landfill business. We don't own any landfills. We'll put that into the CUP. 
Um, so Mr. Eckert, if you could also watch the, the time, please. Okay, I'm hurry. I'm hurry. Okay. So um, this is the, the magazine uh, that's kind of the Bible of our industry. We've made the cover of this before, uh, and we made it due to our environmental uh, operations, and I'll get into that into a moment. Right, well, here's what we're talking about. This is how we do our stormwater discharge. We use collection ponds, uh, and then they're regularly inspected. They're inspected every 14 days or when there's a rainfall event greater than a half inch. Uh, so what do these ponds do? They're a sediment pond, really, whereas the fines, the sediments settle to the bottom, and then the clean water leaves. We're, we're, uh, this is a KDHE best management practice, I might add. This is a sediment pond at Big Springs Quarry that actually looks like a regular pond because they are regular ponds. This is our Plummer Creek Quarry. You can see discharge water on the lower right. Same thing. So, these are all the awards that we've won over time. These are our safety awards, our environmental awards um, that our companies have won. And I'm going through this faster than I thought. Again, when we're in a community, uh, we bring many benefits, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but these are a list of the events that we currently do. And if you could wrap up, please. Pardon? Could you please, can you wrap up, finish your thoughts, please? Okay. Uh, so, reclamation is a big issue. We are a four-time state award winners in reclamations, and we are actually two-time national champions, and we just won the national championship this year with the defending champion. The first time we won it, we were on the front page of the Capitol Journal and the Douglas uh, newspaper as well, Journal World. This is our uh, reclamations that we won the award. These are, these are Big Springs Reclamation. Again, we reclaim as we go. So while that's still a very active quarry, this is a part that we finished and we've moved on from. And that's the end of my slideshow. I do have a two-minute video on how we do reclamations. Thank you, Mr. Eckert. You don't want to see the video? Um, we're going to move on to public comment okay. at this point. Thank you. So uh, for public comment at this point, um, each individual um, has uh, three minutes uh, to speak. We want to make sure everybody has a chance to speak. So please mind the time, and I will give you a gentle reminder um, as your time is wrapping up so that you can wrap your thoughts up. But we want to make sure we want to hear from everybody. So please mind um, the time so we can get through everybody. So when you come up to speak, um, I'll take the people who are in the room first. Um, just state your name. Um, and um, who would like to go first? Uh, Keith Turnby, I live in Hesper Heights. Uh, my comments today are regarding the new quarry that is being proposed in Eudora. Now, while some other residents will speak tonight about this topic, the residents, there's some residents of Hesper Heights that were not able to come, so I'm here also representing them. All the people in Hesper Heights are against the quarry. Uh, very simply, his presentation, pure fiction. Um, there, is a, there is no shortage of gravel. After, after talking to people involved in the mining industry, Mid-States Mining Company simply wants to open a quarry closer to the upcoming building projects to make their product, which is gravel, more profitable for them. I talked to a person who was on the, uh, on the uh, panel that brought in the Panasonic product. If our area did not already have the quantity of aggregate gravel available, our area would not even have won the Panasonic project. So while the new quarry is wanted, a mid-states mining company to simply increase their profits. It's a fallacy that a new quarry in Eudora is in our area is needed. Now, in the last couple of years, the, Eudora, the Lord's Planning Commission, the Douglas County 
commission has voted on uh, ex extension on the existing ham quarry, but this request for new quarry is completely different. The current ham quarry has been in Eudora for over 50 years. It's in a valley area that is mostly hidden by the existing forest of trees that are surrounding it. The new proposed quarry is in a flat level field less than 50 feet away from the edge of one of the presents, the person right across the street from me, their quarry would be 50 feet away from his back edge of his property. Even though they said they would plant trees to hide the quarry, it would never be hidden from the good people in Hesper Heights who would be seeing, hearing, and breathing in the quarry operations every day since it would be only a few hundred yards away from us. Very simply here, we have a greedy company who was more happy, is was more than happy to do, do and say anything to increase their company profits no matter who it affects. To make all this happen, all of us in Hesper Heights were supposed to make the ultimate sacrifice of our homes, our way of life, and the future growth of Eudora just so Midstate Mining can make a bigger profit on selling gravel. In this process, they don't care the city of Eudora, the Eudora Planning Commission, the schools, the good people in Hesper Heights, and literally everyone we've talked to is against the quarry. Many of the residents in Hesper Heights, like my wife and I, built our homes many years ago, and we've stayed even though our kids have come and gone. We enjoy our neighbors. We enjoy seeing and hearing the wildlife in the area. We enjoy our kids and grandkids that can safely play in our yards without the fear of being hit, hit in the head from a rock. We enjoy all the good things that come with a quiet and peaceful life in the company, country. But if the mining company has their way, all those things will be taken away. All we're asking of you guys here today in Douglas County is to not to support these greedy people's plans to ruin our community. And if by some rare chance our county officials do decide to vote to support the greedy profiteers, we already have had contact with legal counsel. They're watching tonight. And while the mining company may feel they are big, we are in the right here and we have backing from an entity whose resources will far exceed anything they may have. But we don't think it will come to that. We feel the good people who represent us here in Douglas County can't easily sue this, see through this company's fictional deception. And they will unanimously vote to support their friends and neighbors in Eudora. Thank you. Thank you. Could you say your name again, please? Turnbaugh. Turnbaugh. Thank you. Uh, Travis McCormick. I'm opposed to the Mid-State Material New Quarry for multiple reasons, a few being local property values for Eudora Township residents who live closest and their quality of life, future water quality, the future growth of Eudora, traffic congestion, roadway safety in front of the Eudora schools. Some of these items I managed to add to public record and some were too late to be added to the agenda item, but will be added in the future. I feel like my three minutes could be best used to simply let Mid-State contradict itself. Thanks to Douglas County business owner and operator, Nick Rockhold, who supports the new quarry and who emailed, whose email is in the agenda item for public record as doing so. I quote, it is cheaper to buy rock Mid-State in Edgerton or pennies in Lulep and haul to Eudora than just purchasing the material cost from hams, end quote. One of the major regions Mid-State is claiming the quarry is needed is to drive down higher prices by reducing the trucking cost, when in fact it is currently cheaper for local companies to truck in material from Edgerton or La Loupe. The free market will a free market will regulate itself. If hams is overpriced, then no one has to buy their rock, and if their current cup runs out before the rock has been mined by 2038, then the cup does not have to be renewed, which I believe is renewed every 
reviewed every five years. On the topic of hams, and the county commission within the last year extended the hams cup to 2038 in order to supply rock to the county and the surrounding areas. This seems to demonstrate an understanding that there is a need for rock and that need has been fulfilled. It is not the county's responsibility to determine or help regulate price the demand is simply not there. The quote from Mid-State's use narrative, simply because the number of quarries increases in a market area does not mean the increase in total amount of aggregates sold, end quote. This is purely for profit. Mid-State Materials and its sister company, Bettis Asphalt, from the Mid-State Material Use Narrative, quote, Mid-State Material LLC provides aggregates to its sister company and construction. This allows Bettis to provide cheaper bids on asphalt and concrete work, resulting in savings for countywide taxpayers and private projects, end quote, private projects. The purpose of doing business is to make money. Neither Mid-State or Bettis is going to significantly reduce their costs for county projects on the, out of the goodness of their hearts. And in the end, more rock is needed in the end, if more rock is needed, amending the existing ham quarries cup to allow faster mining, thereby removing the current burden of the hams quarry from the Eudora Township residents who have dealt with it for years and years and years, instead is possibly, uh, instead of possibly having to extend it further is a better option. Thank you, Mr. McCormick. Oh, under three minutes. Excellent. <laughs> Very good. Sorry, I didn't look up. That's quite all right. No need to. Okay. Hello, my name is Leon Mueller. I live in Hesper Heights. Uh, I've been in the mining business for about 20 years. Limestone is a very valuable commodity. We have to have it. Can't live without it in this area. And uh, Mid-State's not a bad company. They're just they're trying to do business. That's what they do. Currently, when Ham Quarry sets a shot off, I feel it at my house. You can do all the surveys, all the studies you want. The substructure of the land is such that when they set a shot off, my house vibrates. If you move a quarry a half to three-quarter mile closer, there's going to be damage. And I'm well into the neighborhood. My other point, same point a lot of people have made. Ham Quarry is currently producing about 500,000 uh, ton of rock per year for the last three years. They're not near their cup. Their cup is at 720. They can easily increase that production anytime they want. All they have to do is bring in more equipment. They will stay in the same footprint that they've already um, have a permit for. That's my primary reasons. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Miller. My name is Karen Rowland, and I live in Eudora, directly across the street uh, from the entrance to the Hams Quarry on 2300 Road. Lawrence has always received the most attention from Douglas County agencies, and I understand that. But now is the time for Douglas County Commissioners to support our town of Eudora, to do what is best for our town. It's time to let Eudora grow and prosper. Our city leaders have been working on plans to expand in the best way possible long before Panasonic was announced. But Panasonic has now appeared. We have the opportunity to do great things for our town. Think about where this proposed site is located. K-10 is a four lane with talk of six lanes running right through the middle of our town as we grow. Now, go one mile south of K-10 Highway on Church Street, past our high school, middle school, baseball fields, football stadium, 
Then turn left and go one mile and you will be at the proposed quarry site. That's ridiculously close to everything that we do. Eudora is two miles from Johnson County and floodplain to the north and west. East 2300 Road has direct access to K-10 that is there now. We don't have to wait for KDOT to build that. Our growth needs to start there and go south. Our town struggles with taxes on the backs of homeowners. With the spin-off needs of the Panasonic workers and the Flint development, we will be able to attract commercial businesses to help relieve taxes to our homeowners. That is what Eudora needs. We can easily forecast our positive growth, but let's not forget the big negative that is currently the big problem for all the big trucks going back and forth in front of our middle school and high school. The traffic is, is also ridiculous and dangerous. Who wants to invest their money to build residential and commercial areas so close to, to blasting every day for 20 years? 90 feet deep. One could bury an almost 10-story building in 90 feet. We currently have a huge, extremely deep quarry with over 400 acres currently in that area. I hate it more than most, but it affected only a few. This is not the same scenario now. With Panasonic being built six miles from this site, needing, thousand, needing thousands of workers and spin-off businesses coming, then Douglas County commissioners cannot allow this to happen in our area where it will affect thousands of Eudora residents in a negative way. Our town is going to grow. Our city leaders are trying hard to do it right. It's going to be hard and painful at times, but our town doesn't deserve this type of problem. We need Douglas County commissioners to listen to all of us and at this time support the needs of our community, Eudora. Thank you, Ms. Roland. Michael Shutt, I live on North 1100 Road, uh, directly south of where the new proposed quarry would be. Uh, first off, members of the commission, thank you for the opportunity to speak tonight and hear our words. Um, I'll just start by making things very simple because I'm not great at public speaking. Um, I am not in favor of this quarry at all. Um, I try to live life by wants and needs. Wants, pretty clear. None of us want this. So let's cover the needs. We already have a quarry right there, not operating anywhere near capacity. They've been given an expansion permit already and can expand more. They will be able to handle the aggregate needs for the foreseeable future. So therefore, it's just plain not needed. Um, on to <clears throat> other concerns of property values and blasting damage. Uh, the quarry will tell you no studies show any drop in property value, no studies show damage from blasting, and that's simply not true. Um, there, are, there have been lawsuits nationwide on quarries nationwide about blasting damage from the quarries. There are entire law practices built on lawsuits from blasting damage. So it's obvious that it does occur. Uh, property values ask Anybody in real estate, if you have a house and an exact same house, one embedded in a residential area and one right next to an industrial area, 
the industrial area house will not be as high as value as the one right next. I'm sorry. The residential house will have a higher value than the one right next to an industrial area. Then it comes to a matter of safety and there's talk about roundabouts using different roads. Roundabouts don't reduce traffic. Trucks will bring more traffic. Roundabouts just simply divert it in a direction. Okay, it does not reduce the number. Let's go on to health. A study published in the National Library of Medicine, August 20 in 2020, about populations living close to quarries. This study showed a 19% higher rate of nasal and eye allergies, a 17% higher rate of eye soreness, a 14% higher rate of eye dryness, and an 8% higher chest tightness, 11% higher chronic cough. And this study showed, quote, lung function parameters were significantly lower among the exposed group. You can't argue that this would not be good for the citizens. So with that, I will end in in my statement to the commission as a question is what is most important to you, the revenue that this story will bring or the well-being and health of the citizens? Thank you, Thank Mr. Shutton. Good evening. My name is Logan Foster. I am a resident of Hesper Heights as of the end of July. As you can imagine, moving to a new property and finding out that there is a proposal for a rock quarry not 50 feet away from my neighbor's property is a little concerning to myself and my wife, as well as the four children ranging two to 12 that currently reside within that property. I am an environmental health and safety exec executive for a, a worldwide organization. I am a geotechnical engineer, a master's in geotechnical engineering out of Missouri Science and Technology from Rolla. I also have extensive um, explosive experience and training with the United States Army Corps of Engineers and Combat Engineers, which I spent 12 years at active duty with two combat deployments. I am very familiar with what is being proposed as we used it quite extensively on Fort Raleigh, Kansas, where I was the construction manager for the entire installation. I'm shocked that we have such an available land opportunity, such as Sunflower Ammunition Facility that has not been explored. And just doing my own digging, sitting here with my cell phone, I can easily pull up the geological surveys that have been conducted in the limestone that is less than 10 to 50 feet below the ground, running extensively on land that is not suitable for residential build. It's well within organization. It can provide the proposed gravel needs as well as asphalt needs. It's readily available to the construction that is being proposed in the future. My concern is that looking at these proposals, the people factor has not been taken into consideration, which is why my peers and neighbors are here now. We come to you as our elected representatives to represent us. But when I hear the proposal by the staff, people is not included within that. And that is very concerning to me, which is why we are here now. I understand there is a need. I understand that there is a future being developed here within Douglas County as well as the city of Eudora. I ask this commission to please listen to what the city of Eudora is proposing, that they are forecasting massive expansion in the near future. We know Panasonic is coming. 
it would be foolish of us to not prepare for the fact that they are not the only ones, that there will be other massive organizations that want to take the governor's proposal to consideration and are planning that now. We know the population will boom. For Douglas County to not take that opportunity to attract those residents would be a very short-sighted response for something that's not as tangible as just small revenue coming off of transportation of aggregates. So again, I ask that you please take the people into consideration while we are here and listen to our professionals that we have elected locally and what their recommendations would be to you as well. So again, thank you all very much for listening to us tonight. Thank you, Mr. Foster. Anybody? There we go. Hi, I'm Jennifer Dunn. I live in Hesper Heights. I don't have a formal written statement prepared. I'm just speaking from the heart of somebody who lives in the neighborhood. Um, mother, grandmother. We bought our house, I don't know, 10 years ago. And we bought it in the area so we could raise our, our kids are grown, but so we could ha raise our grandkids in the area. We could set out on our back porch. We could drink coffee. It's nice and calm. That's the area we wanted. That's the area we plan to stay. That's the area we plan to retire in. That's that's our area. We love you, Dora. That's that's where that's it for us. We didn't buy the property expecting there to be to be a mine so close. We knew Ham was close. We we bought our property knowing that, but we we want to have our area where we can ride our bikes with our grandkids you know up and down the dirt roads and take our dogs for our on walks and and watch the nature watch the animals in the area i mean if you if you don't live in the country you you don't know kind of what to experience you know when you live in that area but if you do you know what i'm talking about and, and you know you, you you strive for that you watch the sunsets go down you watch the sunrises come up and not that not that this is going to affect that it, it's not but but that's the area that we want we don't want this to impact that area whatsoever and we want others to uh, to be able to experience that as well um with the growth in yodora so all i'm saying is just please take what we're saying to heart don't just take the the monetary factor or the whatever comes with it take take what we're saying to heart first and foremost before making your decision so that's all I have to say. Thank you, Ms. Dunn. Good evening, Commissioners. My name is Alex Kearns, City Commissioner with the City of Eudora. I'm concerned about the addition of another quarry in this area for several reasons. To begin, the compatibility of the proposal within the area of question is noted by the Planning Commission staff as being not without impact, which I would say is a tremendous understatement. Despite the applicant company's suggestion that the neighborhood is almost exclusively pasture land with some trees, the Planning Commission's own report on the agenda item shows at least 50 residences within a one-mile area surrounding the property. That 50-house figure does not include any homes within the city of Eudora, such as the entire neighborhood directly east of Eudora High School. There are established er These are established areas with residents that will surely now have to contend with more trucks, 
More traffic, more noise, more hassle, should this proposal be allowed to proceed. Furthermore, the project will be located within three miles of Eudora city limits, which are sure to expand, and the proposed quarry is directly adjacent to the Eudora Urban Reserve. The Urban Reserve is the direction that Eudora is planned to grow. On the staff's own admission, according to the report, the project will be approximately 1,320 feet or one quarter mile away from Eudora's urban growth area. With organic growth and annexation, this area could and likely will someday include residential housing within expanded Eudora city limits. We know that growth is to be expected at the city of Eudora, significantly more so after the announcement for Panasonic. And having a quarry of 1,320 feet away from this area, in my opinion, is absolutely absurd. For context, if one were to walk outside the front doors of City Hall, hang a sharp right, head to the closest river bridge, you'd barely get across the river before you'd hit the end of that 1,320 feet. Imagine that relatively short distance being from someone's backyard to the beginning of the rock quarry. The fact the staff has recommended adding an additional 500-foot setback from the existing residences is inconsequential. 500 feet means nothing to the current residents, who will have additional dust, debris, and noise to deal with that aren't contained by those fences. It means absolutely nothing to the potential future development in the area that will not occur should this proposal commence. The city of Eudora is purposefully moving forward with plans for our continued growth, and this proposal inhibits the city's ability to develop in a way that was already established as a primary development corridor. Speaking to the traffic that will increase and the traffic pattern that has been put forward, there are many concerns that are presented. The report recommends, shockingly, that the trucks should follow the same path that Hamby-Dora Quarry requires currently, which is to travel on North 1200 Road to reach East 2200 Road, then turning north to heads towards the highway. Toward the highway. As Eudora residents, we typically, typically refer to East 2200 Road as Church Street. You may also have heard of Church Street as the only way to get to certain neighborhoods in town, or the only road to get to the middle of the high school. Maybe you've heard of it as the only road in town that goes across K-10 Highway. Staff references Church Street in this proposal as higher classification road systems that prevent traffic through the residential areas. I would invite all of our planning commissioners to visit Eudora around 7.30 in the morning. As children are walking to the school, parents are dropping kids off, students are driving into the high school, and giant quarry trucks loaded to capacity try to hurry through to deliver their goods. Safety of those using this roadway is the obvious priority over the convenience of having a paved road accessible for private businesses. The reason we have a planning commission is to listen to the reasoning behind proposals and to decide what makes the most sense for the area and for all parties involved. We're not robots. Just because a similar proposal came before you last year doesn't automatically mean this one must be approved. Amazing progress in our area has been achieved based on the Panasonic announcement, including greater economic involvement by the state of Kansas, the city of Eudora, and private developers which will surely increase residential growth within the area. And I urge you to vote against the conditional use permit on the quarry to preserve that progress. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Burns. <clears throat> Anybody else? Ah. <clears throat> My name is Gary Beers. I'm a farmer in the area. I live just across in the Johnson County. I have a Eudora address. My kids and grandkids go to Eudora schools. We uh, have always done most all of our purchasing in Lawrence and Eudora. Uh, we now can't utilize 1200 Road because of the truck traffic. Uh, I invite you all to drive down 1200 and see for yourself the uh, steep ditches on either side 
I can't take farm machinery down that road any longer because a rock truck will not share the road. It's as simple as that. They'll drive you right into the ditch. Now I have to go three miles around to get to my fields. We live a quarter of a mile from the existing uh, Ham's Quarry. And for them to say that you can't feel a, a blast is simply not true. We feel it every time they blast in our house. The house is uh, directly across from that, on the Peatfish Place, they can no longer live in that house because the foundation has crumbled. So you have to look at both sides of everything. Uh, we have springs and ponds on our farm. Uh, what they say they're going to monitor the well levels and everything. Once they crack that ground and the, and the water table goes down, it won't make any difference if they come and tell us that, oh, well, your, your pond is now lower than what it used to be because it's dry, because that water is not coming back. Uh, I farmed the ground for Don Montgomery, who has three quarters of a mile a property that will now be adjacent to this quarry on one side. She has a quarter mile that's just across the road into Johnson County. I think that's a little bit, she, she was never even notified that this meeting was going on. That's the most property adjacent to this proposal and that landowner was never notified. Um, we've got uh, the truck traffic, which everybody's talked about on, on County Line Road. Uh, they say they're not supposed to turn that way when they come out of that quarry, but they do. You can't tell a truck driver which way to go. He's going to go the closest way to get to his job. So when they say they're going to turn and go west on 1200, those trucks are going to go whichever way they want. Unless you set a sheriff out there, they'll never catch them. So you need to keep that into mind. Um, everybody's already talked about property values. Everyone's always all very worried about that. The one thing nobody else has said, there's an existing quarry uh, over at uh, 95th and Lexington in DeSoto, which is about six miles. And uh, that's the Sunflower Quarry, Martin Marietta runs it. So for them to be saying that there's all this need for the extra rock and nobody to provide it, that's not true. There's another quarry that's very capable of providing the rock. We don't have to continually stuff quarries down our throat on that part of the county simply because it's the farthest away from everybody in Lawrence and everywhere else. We've got an existing quarry that's over 400 acres of expansion that can go on uh, to the north. We do not need another 240 acres right there and have a 600 acre quarry within a, a quarter of a mile from my house. Thank so you, I, Mr. I Beers. You please keep that in mind. Thank, Thank you, you, Mr. Much. Beers. Anybody else? Hi, um, my name is Heather Wayland. I wasn't um, planning on speaking tonight, but um, I live in Eudora. Um, we live a little bit north of this area. I'm not from Hesper Heights, but we are part of the area that is um, just a little bit north. My children go to Eudora schools. Um, I'm actually a member of the Eudora School District, and I believe you've received a, a letter of non-support from our superintendent, Stu Meckel, as well. Um, my concern mainly is as a, 
as a resident of Eudora and as a member of someone who, a, a community that has chosen to live out in the country, though I don't live in Hesper Heights, we live out in the country, and the quality of life and the change that this would bring um, is drastic, and it is different than, than the quarry ham, the ham quarry that is there currently. These people, um, they have chosen to live there um, prior to a quarry coming in, they, they knew. And I, I looked at, I was thinking a lot of what they said about showing the subdivisions being put in by the current quarries. And I, I, I have a hard time reconciling that that makes an, makes an argument for this being okay. You know, that suddenly just because there's a quarry there and these new houses are being built. Maybe the people buying them are okay with that, but these people bought their house prior to that. And the, so that's just one, one of my thoughts. But my other thought as, is as a mom and the argument of the, the amount of trucks and a roundabout, and, and I think the gentleman made the point that a roundabout is only changing direction. By bringing in the, the new quarry, the amount of traffic will double. Um, if again, if you have ever, if you have not been to Eudora during that time, there's 7:30 in the morning, and now there's a lot of reasons, and I don't understand all of them why that congestion and was built the way it is. But to willingly and knowingly double and add to that truck traffic, I don't understand that at all. And the argument and, and the conversation even among Eudora is, is it going to take a child being killed by one of these trucks before something is done? And I have a really hard time living with that fact. And so I know as a school board, we've, we do as many things as we can in, in working with the city and there's a lot of things like that. But I just ask you to really think if the, as you all as our elected officials in, Doug, in the eastern part of Douglas County are hearing from the elected officials that this is not something that they recommend, that is the voice of the people. And so I guess I'm just asking you to please listen to the voice of the people as elected officials and that the, the traffic coming through that road is so significant and, and adding bigger trucks with unexperienced drivers, I really do worry that is it going to take a child being killed before we make decisions on how to reroute this traffic? Because trucks are going, they go the way their GPS says, no matter what an agreement with a mining company says or whatever, whatever the fastest route is, that's where they're going. And that is right in the path of all of every single kid that drives to Eudora drives on those roads. From whether it's the, the road going north that they say that could be an alternate route, that's where a lot of kids come from so they don't have to exit the highway and take a left. So there's really no route where this isn't going to double the impact of trucks touching every single kid that drives to Eudora High School every day. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Is there anybody else in the chamber? My name is Ed Jankowski. I'm a retired civil engineer. I've had experience in transportation and road design, and I've all had, also had considerable uh, experience in surface mining and open pit mining in the development and operation of those facilities. I can tell you that what these people from Eudora have told you tonight, they live it and they're experiencing it, and what they're saying is true. I know for a fact that if you move a mine closer to where you got residents, you're going to have problems with the blasting. We experience problems with blasting. They're going to experience problems with blasting. It's not only going to be a problem for the landowner uh, with a house, it's going to be a problem for them and the money that they're going to spend on lawsuits, okay? I can also tell you that the truck traffic, I live in the southern boundary of Eudora, down in, down in Shadow Ridge. 
I live a half a mile off of, of, of uh, Church Street or 2200 Road. And I see that, I walk my dog early in the morning. And I see that truck traffic that starts at 6 o'clock in the morning. And it goes all day long until 3.30 in the afternoon. And I can tell you that any time I'm on 28th Street or on, on uh, Church Street, I can tell you that there, I'm going to see at least three to five trucks on that street at any one time. And you're going to double that, and that's going to be a significant impact to traffic. And I can tell you that trucks, dump trucks, and semi-trucks are not compatible with roundabouts. And it's not going to work. And I don't know why you would uh, not consider that. Uh, the city of Eudora is going to grow. It's inevitable. It's too bad that the maps that they had here tonight from our uh, local planning uh, document that was just revised here a couple years ago weren't done yesterday after we knew about Panasonic because I'm sure they would look a lot different and I'm sure our projected growth would be a lot further out than what we show on those maps. And I think it will be there. That is the prime area where Eudora can grow. I appreciate your time and thank you. Thank you, Mr. Pankowski. Other folks? Hi, my name is Nicholas Rockhold. I'm from Vinland, Kansas, uh, also a civil engineer, also uh, owner of Jayhawk Excavating. We buy a lot of rock, we haul a lot of rock, we do a lot of services for a lot of homeowners, businesses, everything around. Uh, we haul a lot of rock from Edgerton, we haul it from Le Loop, uh, Martin Marietta, around. We're not loyal to any quarry. We're not loyal to any particular one. We're loyal to our customers and giving them the best prices possible. The trucking, the distance, is what really dictates that. You want to talk about greedy, and that's hams. Hams doesn't care. They're a summit-owned company, not anything local from Georgia. Um, they want their profit margins. That's it. That's all they care about. Their prices are their prices. They don't care. As uh, Mr. McCormick has stated, uh, yes, I can haul rock from Mid-States, other quarries, from Leiloop to Eudora, cheaper than buying the material there. I actually hauled it for him a few years ago from Edgerton. And uh, we negotiated prices and everything. He asked why I didn't get it from Eudora. Because they don't care. The, um, the supply and the demand is there. The, you want to talk about uh, the doubling the trucks? It won't double the trucks. Just because a Walmart moves in across from a Kmart, it's not going to double the amount of people coming there to shop. People are going to go where the better service is, the better prices are. Um, it, it will increase some, probably. Uh, there's no real statistic to say how much, but it's not going to double, not even close to double. Um, it not only is ham screwing everybody in the area, the townships, the city of Eudora, the city of Lawrence, anything that provide or gets rock from hams is uh, spending a lot more than they should. If another quarry were to move in, it's going to create competition. Competition drives prices down. Uh, everybody knows the municipalities are struggling with funds as is, uh, with road projects, bridges, highways, streets, everything. This is a great way for everybody to save money and benefit. 
Uh, people want to talk about the roads around Eudora Township, about how they're full of potholes all the time. One of the main reasons is because they buy the rock from Hams. Hams rock doesn't have a lot of fines in it. There's not a lot of lime to it. The way they crush it is not good for roads. It's the closest. The townships can get the most done in a hurry. That's the reason they buy it there. You need a better product to support better roads. Uh, Uh, they said it in their presentation. I was sure they would, but uh, they have no problem helping out with other routes, other options, something to support the truck traffic. Uh, thank you, Mr. Rockle. Thank you. Thank you. Would anybody else in the chamber like to speak before I ask for people online waiting to speak? Yes. And we will be taking a break very short. So, if you... <laughs> sorry. No, we will. I promise. Just... Hi, I'm Cass Steinlogge, and I live in the Eudora City Limits in the Meadowlark mm -hmm. neighborhood. And I wasn't planning on speaking, but no one from the in-city has spoken too much. So I thought I'd put my two cents mm -hmm. in. Um, on... On the blasting, I live on the very southeast um, corner of Meadowlark, and every time the ham quarry blasts, we feel it. The house shakes, the windows shake, the, the artwork shakes, all of that. We feel it. And on the traffic issue, um, it's bad in the morning. I have two teenagers. Um, they go to high school. They go to college. Um, it's scary to send them to school. Um, I hope they make it. I often tell them, turn right, go up a half a mile, go into this district, into this business district, turn around so you can make another right and turn right again into the high school. Um, that works great for them. My husband chooses to try to make it across the street. And we often joke, I said, you know, good luck. I hope you make it. If you come back, we can go to coffee or something. And it's a funny, not funny comment because it's a real issue. There are accidents there. There are children that have almost gotten hit. We have a very brave crossing guard that stands probably 30 feet off the intersection because he's seen accidents. Um, if I take my kids to school, I often turn right and do the whole roundabout, and then I turn south and go a half mile to another business, turn around, come back, so then I can again turn right into my neighborhood. If I do go across, people are breaking laws constantly just trying to get their kids to school. Um, it is a nightmare, and there are times where it's completely locked up. You can't get out of the high school because the road is blocked because people are trying to get into the middle school and people can't get out of the middle school because they can't turn because it's blocked. It's a mess. You, the gentleman from the mining um, company, acted like that was a positive, that this is already where trucks go. That is an absolute negative. It is inadequate right as it is right now with the school traffic, the city traffic, and the rock trucks. It's inadequate, period. And that is not even to speak of the sound pollution. I live probably about a, I don't know, a third of a mile off of Church Street. It's loud. I can be in my house and hear the rock trucks. There's a beautiful sidewalk that goes along Church Street, has lots of little turns and winds. I never walk on there. My dog startles just with all these rock trucks coming. 
when I want to cross the street to go back to my neighborhood, I stand there and wait and wait and wait because they're not stopping for the crosswalk. It is a mess when we don't need to add to it. If you do choose to approve this, you need to come up with a different direction for those trucks to go. Thank you. Thank you. If that was the last person speaking for the chamber, this might be good. We've been going for two hours now. It might be a good opportunity uh, for a break before we take the online folks. Um, so can we have five minutes to take a break? Yes. And then we'll come back. We'll hear online comment. The applicant will then be able to respond. But please know, I just want to say that the applicant, when they respond, only has the five minutes. But we're going to be asking a lot of questions. So you're going to have an opportunity to speak again when one member of one commission or another is going to ask members of the public or the applicant to speak or staff uh, questions. So, so five-minute recess, please. Gavel in. All right. That's the first time I'm going to use that. Right on. <laughs> Apparently, it's not very effective. <laughs> there we go. All right. We need to get this. We need to get get moving on. We've got lots of people that probably still need to talk. We'll have lots of discussion between the commissions. So um, we want to make sure we get um, to everybody this evening. Uh, so I am going to make one more call for anybody that's in the chamber tonight to make a comment from the public. Go ahead. Please state your name. Yes, Sherry Turnbull. And there's just one thing I did want to point out. Um, it was brought up a couple of times that previous meetings, the uh, residents weren't weren't here or didn't come forward to to say anything about it. We didn't know. Um, we just got our letter in the mail. So if we would have known before, we would have been here because obviously we got the letter and everybody was outside going to their neighbor's house saying we've got to do something. We can't let this happen. So I just wanted you guys to know we haven't just been sitting at home going, oh, I'm sure it'll take care of itself. As soon as we found out, we acted. We have signs up. We have banners up. We've emailed everyone that we know in Kansas. And so it, it wasn't a lack of, of wanting to come forward. We just didn't know until now. So thank you. Thank you, Mr. Roth. All right. If that is it for the people wishing to comment in the chamber, I'm going to turn to, it doesn't mean you, if you get inspired later, that's fine, but I do want to give the online folks a chance to speak. Um, so I do, I do see somebody here, um, uh, Rochelle Beatty or Beatty. Yes, it's me. <clears throat> I wanted to go first because I'm fighting symptoms of COVID. <clears throat> I want to make sure I can uh, last. So um, what I want to talk about is um, what was in my letter. I want to hit the high points. I want to closely connect what I have to say with CUPS or uh, Mid-State's statement in their CUP proposal of satisfying the golden factors. There are 10 golden factors for mining. First of all, the characteristics of the neighborhood are not almost exclusively pastured with some trees as they stated, 
Although a subdivision located east in Johnson County was mentioned, there was no mention of our Hesper Heights addition that contains four, 14 five plus acre properties, all in values close to half a million each, which he seems to think is viable to keep them out. We are less than a quarter of a mile from our, the, our western boundary to where their proposed site is. We are already in tier three of Douglas County and Eudora's expansion. We are already in tier three. We have been in tier three for over 15 years already. So we want you to understand that we are growing. We're not waiting for 2040. It's here now. We're here. Um, the thought of the mine being even closer and the more vibrations is just crazy. We made a commitment to the community of Hesper and Eudora, all the owners in Hesper Heights and owners in this area. For 10 years, we had an embankment of $125 a month to build the paved road that leaves our addition and goes out toward what we call stinky corner. We made that investment. We invested in our community by making a paved road. And we are asking the county to invest back in us and listen to what we have to say about the mine. The zoning use of the properties nearby fails to include Hesper Heights. 20 plus houses in addition. It also fails to include the tract of land currently available to be subdivided on 2300 Road. We have had six new houses come in that is east, or excuse me, west of our addition, west of 2400 Road. Again, these are already in tier three. So when you look at the Eudora map, no, we are already expanding. We aren't waiting till 2040. The time is now, we're doing it, we're doing it. The sustainability of the um, subject property fails to recognize that HAM is not already meeting their quota of 70, 720 tons per year. The time the property has remained vacant, that was number five, should not even be a part of this consideration because Eudora is growing now. It doesn't matter how long that property was vacant. We need to grow. Eudora needs to grow. Our planning commission has already showed you that we have plans. We, we can't wait for the mine to be done excavating, and they're probably not going to put the property back. There is great concern for the public health and safety. We've talked about the high school. I don't stay in Hesper Heights. Ms. I'm Beatty, could you please wrap up your comments? Yes. If you could I'm please wrap up your comments. Heights. When I leave and I go to work in the morning, I always pass four trucks minimum. So I agree with what everybody else has said. My neighbors asked to share the link, Jackie and Matt Durr, and they would like to also talk if that's a um, permissible at the end. Thank you so much for yes. listening. Thank you, Ms. Baden. Are they with you or are they online? If you could raise your hand or wave or indicate that you wish to speak. Yeah, they, have, they have my other name. Jackie, Matt, are you there? Yes, can you hear me? Yes, yes turn your video. You. Go ahead. Yeah, can you hear me now? Yes. Yes, my name is Matt Durr. Uh, my wife, Jackie, we bought this uh, property six years ago. We live uh, basically three houses down from uh, what would be the corner of the um, proposed mine site. Um, we have had and gone through 
several things just from a foundation perspective currently. And we, um, we have done peering on our house. Um, I am concerned about the foundation uh, going down to bedrock 40 feet below my uh, current residence, the vibration that would be additional um, coming through the ground as the mining begins, uh, what impact that's going to have to the foundation of my property and what uh, risk that concerns to my half million dollar estimated uh, home that I'm sitting in. So um, I've got a lot of concerns from a uh, property owner's perspective. And I've got children um, that have gone to Eudora schools for many years. Um, I'm, they just recently, my last one has graduated and headed to college. And from a parent's perspective, when your kid leaves the house every morning, um, I was always concerned about my kids turning on to uh, church street road and, um, you know, all the traffic and the big trucks that run up and down that road. It is, I invite any one of the board members to, uh, spend time in a more in the morning, uh, the commissioners spend time in the morning at at the intersection where the high school and middle school meet and see the volume of traffic that comes through there. And uh, for anybody to think that this won't increase traffic, and I heard the Vinland speaker talk, he's obviously thinking about his bottom line and what that will mean uh, to his profits. Um, he would love for to see a cheaper product closer to him, but he doesn't have to have kids go to school every day and drive that road and have the concern that um, there could be an accident Accident and the increased traffic that will be there. There's no way you can convince me that that won't be the case. Um, I thank you for your time. I thank you for listening to us. Um, we are a very concerned community. We've got a great community here, and uh, it definitely is, like I think a lot of the great speakers have talked tonight, we've got a great community, and we really uh, want to invest in our community, and we think that this is not the right approach for Douglas County or for uh, the community of Eudora. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Durr. I am looking for um, other hands up online. Uh, Jim Gabriel. Hi, I'm Jim Gabriel, the trustee for Eudora Township. And one of the first things I want to talk about is uh, Nick Rockhold said that Eudora Township buys all of our rock from hams, and we don't. We find it more feasible to go to DeSoto at Martin Marietta, and that's where we put buy the rock to put all on our roads. But I live on 1200 Road, just down from the quarry, and we fought dust forever and they finally paved it last year, but all the truck traffic that's on it, they've already had to redo the paving on it. It hasn't lasted a full year. So hopefully if they put more trucks on, they'll do more with the infra infrastructure with the roads. Uh, and as far as having a roundabout up there at the high school, I, I'd like for you to take into consideration that there's a lot of farm machinery still goes down the road and it's pretty hard to navigate that, whether it's just farm machinery or even wide loads on a semi. And it, it, it like you say, it doesn't divert the traffic any or you'll still have the same traffic. Uh, it, and if you're wanting a roundabout, I'd like you to look at DeSoto at the one at their school of a morning or in the evening 
when school lets out, it is quite a traffic jam there. So I'm not quite sure the roundabout it would be the best way if this query goes through. I'd like to find an alternate route. Um, that's really all I had. So thank you. Thank you, Mr. Gabriel. David Barnhart. Yes, hi. Um, I'm David. And so I live on 1200 Road, just west of Church Street. And so I take my kids to school every morning. And so when we get to 1200 Road and Church Street, there's easily a few uh, semi trucks that are in line there. And I've been, you know, cut off multiple times from trucks, you know, trying to hurry to make that turn. So I know that's only going to get worse. Um, two, um, some of our elected officials, or maybe all of them, have come out against this. So I hope that you guys take that into consideration because I feel like, you know, they are planning what's best for our community. And if they feel like this is not uh, going in the right direction, um, I hope you guys respect that. Um, and then three, with the Rockhold gentleman, uh, he mentioned that, you know, he gets his rock from other places because of, of cost. And by having another query there, it's going to lower that cost. So in my mind, and he said that it wouldn't drive up the traffic, but if the cost of the material goes down, I don't see how that would not um, uh, involve more trucks coming down down our roads on Church Street and 1200 Road. Um, those are the only things I had to say. So um, I'm obviously against it, and I hope that uh, you guys deny it. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Barnhart. Looking again for hands up online. I am not seeing any more hands up. Uh, or other indications of people wishing to speak online. Um, so I'll turn back to the chair to see if anybody has anything else before I give it over to the applicant again. Okay, I see. just want to mention something. Well, sir, I'm, I'm, we're going to have to, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll have a question. Okay. Um, I'm sure, Mr. Turnbaugh, we will. So um, we, we will bring it back um, to ask questions of the public and the applicant. Um, so, uh, would, who would like to speak for the applicant for this, uh, five minutes? And again, I'm sure there'll be more questions after. Yeah. I'm not going to take the mm -hmm. full five minutes. I just want to say, I mean, a lot of the stuff that was said, I addressed in my direct testimony. I provided the pictures of what's going on in Olathe in St. Louis. And quite frankly, I could find a hundred more cities where that's happening. Um, I will say this. We've been around since 2004. We operate 24 quarries. We blast almost every day. Um, we've never had a viable claim against our company in all that time for a foundation crack uh, or anything like that. So I understand. Uh, one of the comments was someone would get hit in the head with rock in the business. We call that fly rock. That used to happen until we do things now the way we do them. Uh, with the sequential blasting at low blasting uh, percentages, it, it, it fly rock isn't a problem. It's not going to be a problem here. Um, there's an issue about a water table. Again, with all the quarries in the state of Kansas, not just ours, but all of them, uh, I, I'm unaware of a water table being affected by a quarry. Uh, the blasting is on a ledge, and there's ledges underneath that, and there's ground underneath that. And, and so we've never had a claim in our company about a water table. Um, and, and the other thing is, one of the things that you do want to do is, and a lot of the citizens are right about this, you do want to reduce trucking miles 
you do. You, you try to find routes that reduce trucking miles. This quarry will actually cut down trucking miles from several quarries. We've heard testimony from what Eudora Township uh, and the gentleman who actually did a better rebuttal than I could have, uh, uh, Mr. Rockhold, um, putting another quarry in here will actually cut down on Douglas County road miles from Big Springs, from the uh, quarries in Johnson County that are being used. So I did want to point that out. Thank you. Right. Thank you, Mr. Eckert. All right, um, now I'm gonna turn it over to Mr. Martin from the Eudora Planning Commission and allow them to ask questions of the public and applicant and staff. Great, thank you, Chairman Ashworth. Um, bringing it over to the Eudora Planning Commission. Uh, commissioners, any questions for the applicant? Commissioner Pringle, please. Mr. Eckert. I'm about to be cross-examined by an attorney. <laughs> for the record. Now, a few minutes ago, you talked about water table. Correct. Now, now, it's my understanding that most or all the homes over in Hesper Heights are on well water. I may be wrong. They can correct me, but they, they have well water. Do you correct. know how deep their wells are? 58 feet. Well, so 58 feet, 60 feet. I have a well in my backyard, and it uh, it's about 50 feet. How deep are you going to dig this quarry? Uh, it's going to be similar to what Hams is doing right now. I think we heard that Hams was at 90 feet. Well, Hams, when we, they were before us a year, year and a half ago, they were talking about going down 200 feet. Is that something that uh, MidStates plans to do? If you, if you look at the map, um, you'll see that Hams is not reclaiming as they go. I mean, they, they have, they're, it's spread out quite a bit, right? We've, we've agreed to not go more than 40 acres, actually, then we get to open up another 10. The, the problem when you're limited to that small in acreage is your, is your sidewalls, right? The deeper you go, the more slope you have to have coming out. So I, we're not, we probably won't go as deep as we can go there. So 80, 90 feet? The same as Hams. I think Hams is at 90. I think it, that would be safe to say. So you'll be going below what people in Hesper Heights, you know, yeah. well, well water is. What studies, if any, have you done, has Mid-States done to show that by you cutting into the rock, the water table, that you're not going to uh, affect their their drinking water? We'll, we'll have to do the exact same studies that HAMS have done. I mean, we're right next to HAMS. If that was an issue, it would already be an issue. But we will have to do a hydrology report for KDHE. Now, you'll just because, let's say that we're fortunate enough to get a CUP from Douglas County, that doesn't mean that we just open up shop next day. We have to get all these permits from the state of Kansas. And, and if your next question is, well, how come you didn't do that before you came here? It's because they require us to get the local permits before we go to them. Uh, and also, if we get a CUP, we'll do our own internal studies that, again, that we don't do until we get the local permit. It's tremendously expensive to open a quarry, like very expensive. And 
even even uh, our maps, like like you show our phases, our phases are shown in color, and no one's asked which color we'll start with. Uh, but in case you were thinking about asking that, we don't quite know yet because while we've drilled the property to understand that we can make a good estimate about the reserves, so that we know that this is a viable property. If we get a local permit, we'll do a lot more drilling to get a quarry plan. So a lot of the stuff, that, like the hydrology report is what you're asking about, that will be done and it'll be done. We have to meet state standards, we have to meet KDHE standards, uh, and, and, and we have to do all that before we can open up the quarry. It'll, it'll take us over a year to open the quarry from the date a CUP would be issued, if we were fortunate enough to get one. We rarely have joint meetings between the Douglas County and Eudora, but a few years ago we had a joint meeting dealing with the sand plant that was wanted to set up between Eudora and Lawrence here. One of the big issues is, was that sand plant with an open pit going to affect Eudora's water supply? They were required to do a study they claim they had a study that was 50 years old, but they had to do a new one. Is there anything that prevents mid-states from conducting a study to show by opening up a pit that's going to be below their water table, it's not going to affect their water? I, I've not been asked that question before. Again, if the hydrology study that we would that we have to supply KDHE, if it's predictive of that. KDHE would not allow us to open. Another I will say this, we're, we're, we have quarries that have more houses by them than we do here. Uh, almost none of those are on city water. We've never had a well claim against our company. But there can always be a first. There can always be a first. As an attorney, you know, you can be sued for anything. Now, uh, there's been a lot of complaints or concerns about the traffic on Church Street, mainly because the high school and the middle school and a lot of the new development is on Church Street and going south. You also talked about contributing to any cost to up, upgrade uh, 2300 Road. Now, for some reason, there was a weight limit placed on Church Street that would prohibit your trucks from traveling down Church Street to get on K-10. You know, what assurances would you provide uh, the city of Eudora and Douglas County that uh, mid-states would pay part of the cost of upgrading 2300 Road, knowing that Ham's has no requirement and expectations to provide money to upgrade 2300 roads. I think all they have to do is keep the dust down. Right. Yeah. Um, the part of my response to that is, is that right now, Douglas County is it's an optimum time for them to negotiate with us because they have not given us a CUP yet. And you recognize that because that's part of the basis of your question. Um, so, yeah, we're, but Hams is contributing to an extent because they're paying that 12 cents. Now, that, now Douglas County can use that 12 cents on a haul route. It could be any haul route as long as it's a haul route. And the same thing will happen with ours. So, Douglas County, if they wanted to, could switch that 12 cents to a new haul route. Um, so, 
in a way, we, we are paying for that now, but yes, we are willing to participate. And I understand that, that the roundabout would not be a county proposition, right? It's inside the city limits of Eudora. Uh, and again, we extend an offer to negotiate about that. Uh, and again, we don't have a CUP yet, so now's the time to strike. So are you saying there needs to be more negotiations before Eudora and Douglas County you know, approves I, I would, CUP? I would, if, if, if you're wondering, am I demanding a vote tonight? No, I'm not. I'd be willing to defer to this staff for their conversation. Yes, sir. Okay. Now, another big concern and a very big concern for the city of Eudora is uh, the planned expansion of the city of Eudora. There's been a, you know, we saw tier one, tier two, and tier three abutting right up to uh, where you plan on putting this quarry. If, you know, and I know that's important to the city of Eudora, let's propose that, say, uh, mid-states could uh, get a lease on 270 acres right on the northwest corner of 6th Street and K-10. Do you think that's something that would be approved by the Douglas County Board? I don't even know if this one's going to be approved by the board, so I, I, I would have difficulty answering your question, sir. Well, is it because it's probably in the Lawrence's growth area? I, I, again, you're, you're asking me to speculate on something I have not studied. Now, I guess my last question is I noticed that your application you know, by mid-states, you are not the owner of the property in question. It's owned by the Elston Trust? Correct. Is the Elston Trust going to continue to own this uh, property while you, uh, while mid-states uh, mines it? it? Let me let me answer a more specific question. We have no intention of buying it. Okay. As far as I know, Elstons are in it for the long run with us. And if for some reason this CUP was denied... Would uh, mid-states be able to walk away without any expense other than a, the attempt to obtain this CUP? Well, that's kind of an internal matter between us, but I think we all know the answer to that question. What is the answer to that question? It, it's a, it's a, uh, yeah, yes, you're right. Yeah, we, we have an ability to walk away, but we do have a sizable investment in this property right now. It, it takes... Tens of, I want to say tens of thousands of dollars, and I might be low, just to get to this podium today. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's very expensive to get here, and it's even more expensive to open the quarry itself. And I'm correct in stating that you're not asking today that we approve this CUP. You're willing to further negotiate? Correct, sir. And come back here at a later date? Correct, sir. I have no other questions at this time. Commissioners, any other questions for the applicant? No. I do have a question. Um, you had a uh, picture in your presentation and discussed how the eastern third of the state is rich in limestone. Uh, so my question to you is, have you considered other areas for this quarry? Absolutely. 
Because it seems to me, and, and as I sit here and listen, I keep hearing ham being brought up. And it, 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 it seems like a, a playground fight where you guys are throwing stones at each other. And it's almost a David and Goliath type situation. One thing I do know is that um, companies like Summit Materials out of Colorado that owns ham, $700 million company, a lot of these, um, well, I don't know any that aren't. Um, there is ample funds. There's ample funds, just as you said, to be here tonight. So, as I think about this, I've got a really difficult time with it because I feel that the city of Eudora um, is, is definitely kind of at a detriment in this situation. I think the citizens are a detriment, uh, future citizens, and I would seriously have you consider looking for another place if there is that much opportunity in this one-third of the state. Again, the, the expense that drives this is the trucking. The, the rock itself isn't particularly expensive, although we've heard testimony that hams is. It's the trucking. And you heard me say earlier, geographical monopoly. And that's kind of what we're facing here. We're only 30 miles away, but it makes a tremendous difference. We're not competitive 30 miles away. Um, and again, we, we've heard from various people about the growth of Eudora. And congratulations, you, you live in a spot where people want to be. You control a spot where people want to be. Congratulations. You need infrastructure. You need limestone. You can't grow without the limestone. You cannot. You cannot build the Starbond development project without limestone. Again, just, just our backdoor calculations, the two quarries, with their limitations, couldn't supply that development in a five-year time period. So, you know, I've heard some people say, we don't need it, but you're going to. I mean, I, I don't know how else to say it. I don't mean to be overly blunt about it, but you're going to. It, it, the, all the growth patterns I've heard, you're going to need it. And yeah, HAMS isn't capped out yet. And no, if we get our permit tomorrow, it doesn't double the market. We don't, you know, if there's 100 trucks a month, it doesn't go to 200. That's not how it works. We'll cannibalize some of their sales. They'll keep some of their sales. The market grows. It will grow. We, I think we all know the market's going to grow for the limestone. I mean, that's just a fact. Panasonic's going to drive that and, and all the things that come around Panasonic. Um, I mean, your Starbond development's going to drive that. So. I think the financial card being played, though, in terms of hauling aggregate um, just doesn't sit well with me as we talk about how much money you've got to be here, how much money you're willing to put in for a roundabout whatever else it may be. So I go back to my question, are there other options for a quarry besides a quarry parked on the very edge of our urban growth area? Sure. And to be fair, part of that was an answer to Mr. Pringles. I didn't lead with that. So if it offended you, I'm, I'm sorry. I answered someone else's question about that. Uh, other areas. Okay. Number one, if you, if we move a quarry somewhere else, we now have a different neighborhood but we'll still have a neighborhood here who is opposed to it. That doesn't change. 
right? If I go, if we go 10 miles south, we just change who the neighbors are. Maybe it's less, maybe it's more, but it doesn't change where you're at. The other part is, with a quarry already being our next door neighbor to the north, some of the nuisances are already baked in. People have, have moved here knowing that there's quarry activity here. So that's actually, a, as we see it, a benefit as opposed to going to virgin area. Okay? And um, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, and then, again, this is much harder than it sounds. You still have to have a willing landowner. We probably contact 15 landowners to get one lease. And I've sat in countless living rooms, countless kitchens, and have been told by a landowner at the end of the day they prefer their cattle to a quarry. And that's fair. That's absolutely their prerogative. That's their right. But just because there's rock, there, there's probably rock south of the Elstons. There probably is. Uh, I, and I'm not going to tell you everybody that we've talked to, but we have been turned down numerous times in this area by landowners. It, it's very hard to find... A, a property that has the rock, a landowner that's willing to enter into a lease with you, and then to get the governmental permissions. Okay, thank you. Any other questions for the applicant? Uh, hearing none, uh, we will turn it back over to the Lawrence Douglas County Planning Commission. Chairman? Thank you, Chairman Martin. So turning um, to the Douglas County Planning Group, uh, who would like to start with questions for staff, for applicant, I've got city? A million. <coughs> run Excuse my, me. my pen out of ink. Um, Why don't you get us started then, uh, Commissioner Rexford? Yeah, just, just a couple to get started. Maybe. Um, Excuse me. Want to, if I could, I want to start by um, just making an observation and a statement. Um, um, very much appreciate um, the applicant and uh, the work that you've done to get to this point. Um, you know, your comment that it takes a fair amount of money and time and work and effort just to get to the point where you can have this discussion um, is very real, and sometimes that's forgotten. Um, and these are you know, gosh, the, the nature of these projects um, have impact in all kinds of ways and brings out uh, fears and concerns. Um, some some characterizations of your company have been made tonight that I can find no basis in fact. Um, everything I can see in your record suggests that you guys are a great company. Um, you do great work. You work in a great partnership with your neighbors. I don't, I'm not at a place yet where I'm exactly sure how I'm going to land on this, but I want to let you know that I appreciate that and appreciate your partnership and your desire to invest in Douglas County. So I want to say that up front. Um, as I listen to the neighbors and I try to balance, uh, talk, I want to talk about blasting and impact with the neighbors, right? I hear multiple neighbors say they've got windows rattling, foundations crumbling. Are you doing something different in blasting than the current quarry does that would cause us to, to, to reasonably believe that their, their experience is going to be different? I'm not familiar with Ham's blasting operations, so I, I don't know that I'm comfortable with that. But I, I will say that 
we commonly blast within 500 feet of houses throughout the state. Um, not not all of them. I mean, there, if you looked at our map, we are in some sparse locations that are near highway access for KDOT. I mean, we have quarries that are kind of like KDOT-specific quarries, right? This, this, this would not be one of them. Um, but we commonly blast that close. I can't speak for other companies. You know, there's, there's APAC and HAMS and everything else. And, and just to be fair, in your analogy, we're the David in that David and Goliath scenario. Wanted to make that clear in case anybody was wondering. Um, but I, I'm just not familiar with how they blast. But what I do know is that we've been around since 2004, and we haven't had a valid blasting claim made against our company. Okay. Is there any science or instrumentation or anything used at the homeowner site that when you pull that trigger, you can say yes or no, this is in fact felt or to, to, to quantify what their experience is? Absolutely. On every blast, we bring in a seismo, a seismo, I can't say it right. Seismologist. A seismographer. Yes, a seismo, we have a seismograph machine. Okay. And it's on site. It will be on site every time we blast. And we keep the record. We'll give it to, to Douglas County if they want it. They can have it. Um, and we'll make that part of the CUP. But we keep a record every time we blast. And we put the seismograph on the property line in between the blast in the closest house and if you think about it we're actually doing it for our protection as much as anything else right if someone some foundations crack and it has nothing to do with blasting i mean we just went through what eight or nine months of no rain i, mean, I was watering my foundation just a month ago um so we have that seismograph there on all the blasting to show what the legal to show what the limit is that day and, you know, that seismograph is certified by an independent company. It gets certification over time. We, we take it and make sure of that, right, so it's third-party certified. But we'll have a record of what the vibration level was at that property line on that day. Okay. Is there anything unique about the rock in this area other than where it is? Yeah, it's really good. This is really good rock. Um, from, <clears throat> I, I, I was at a, a conference in Missouri and, and someone from Missouri and yeah, boo, Missouri, I'm down with that. They said that Missouri is, has the most reserves of limestone of any state in the union. <clears throat> and that ledge starts, those ledges kind of start in Douglas County and move that way. Uh, it, it's that, that one third that, right. That one third of Kansas, um, big bull Creek park, which is now off limits is one of the richest reserves of limestone in the state of Kansas, and it can never be touched. Um, but that's why. I mean, it, it kind of starts in Douglas County and, and moves towards Missouri, and then once you get to Missouri, it's pretty much all rock. Okay. Um, one, just one last question, uh, and I'll back away for a bit. Um, thinking about, actually, I don't think I want to do that. I'm going to hold off on that. So here's where I was going to go. I was going to talk about capacity and need, uh, but I'm just going to make this statement up front. When I think about this, I think first about land use as indicated by code, and then I think about suitability and impacts should land use be appropriate, neighbors, roads, other things. And then last is the everything else like market demand, whose price is better. Those other things, honestly, from my perspective, don't have a place in this conversation. 
Um, those are that's not about land use. It's not we're talking. So that's why I'm backing off of that question. Thank you. <laughs> I have a question. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I want to just touch an emphasis on your presentation where you show that the the build of this quarry has no impact, negative impact on um, on residential areas around the uh, around the project. And you show two satellite so two satellite images of uh, Olathe and St. Louis. Uh, for my understanding, right, when we do a comparison analysis, we have to compare apple to apple. So my question in this case, how was this study conducted? And the key, key questions will be, are the size of the quarries on Olathe in St. Louis the same size as the one today presented? Me, um, that means the amount of uh, square I'm not going to say square footage, but acres. Are this is is the one in Leita, and the one in St. Louis is the same size as the one in in um, Eudora? That's question number one. Question number two: the trucks driving in and out of that location are the same amount. Are we talking about a hundred trucks in Leita, and a hundred trucks in St. Louis, and a hundred trucks in Eudora? And also the ratio of blasting: are we having five detonation every month in each location because that's how in my understanding a comparison analysis work mm -hmm. so how was that and that sure study conducted so the well how is is google maps right that's how that's where the slides came from i'm not for sure about the st louis quarry i you know I, what i was looking for was residential infill that happened after the quarry was in place. That's what I was looking for, right? The Olathe, if that, that's just one quarry. If we had backed that satellite out, that, that area is bigger than what we're talking about. I'm pretty confident about that, right? Olathe, is, that, that's a, a series of quarries. Uh, St. Louis, I'm not quite for sure about that. I, I don't know the answer to that. Again, I wasn't... I, I wasn't uh, I didn't have those in the, the picture or in the slideshow to, to talk about truck trips or to talk about those things. It was in there to show residential development happening to an existing quarry and that it happens and it happens frequently. So, it, help me understand. So, the only study conducted was a satellite images from Google Correct. to show that there's residential development around the quarry. But we don't know exactly if that quarry has... No blasting at all. Where oh, no, no. They, the, the third picture I showed you was an active blast. That that yeah. the the uh, the explosive was in the ground. But we don't know the ratio. We don't know the ratio. Yeah, how many times they do it a, a, a month? The, the, no, no, not. I don't know that. But that, but, I, but I know that that picture is very emblematic of what we're going to do. That that's a sequential blast. Low explosives per hole. That's exactly what it looks like. So that's why that slide was included. Okay. Okay. Well, I guess that that's, that's, that was my question. I'm sorry I couldn't fully answer that, but... No. In a way, you did. <laughs> Commissioner Thomas, did you... I was just reading body language. Didn't oh. look like you, were gonna, you looked like you were about to say something. <laughs> if not, then... Yes. 
Commissioner Carter. Um, I'd just like to pick up on Commissioner Baroda's uh, line of questioning about housing value. You showed a chart that demonstrated that housing values had increased uh, despite the presence of uh, mining activity, if I'm not mistaken. To pick up on Commissioner Baroda's line of questioning, you seem to suggest that the presence or the proximity of mining did not have an impact on uh, on property value because property values increased over time. What I'd like to know from the standpoint of comparison is, did you do any kind of demonstration of what how those property values might have increased if they were not near uh, mining activity? Was there a comparison of similar properties at a baseline that showed what that growth was elsewhere? No, but I could certainly do that. The only way to do that, that's the Big Springs area, right? I could, I could go back in, and it looks like we might be coming back, mm -hmm. uh, not have a vote tonight, but I could bring that back to you to show what Big Springs Residential does in other areas. Yeah, I guess I would. But, like but you know, the contention we hear is that what we hear at these meetings is it's going to destroy my value, right? I'm, I'm you know, I, they don't say destroy, but you know what I'm saying? It's going to harm our value. And, and here, what we, we were seeing in six years, those properties move 90%, 100%, in between 30 to 100%. So it, I, I didn't, if I said that they're moving the same way that the rest of the county is, and I don't know that I said that, but if I did, that was not the intent. The intent to show was these properties still rise in value, located, bordered on a much larger quarry than what we're talking about here. Okay, thank you. I guess what I'm just trying to say is you did say that the, the presence of a quarry did not have an effect on property values. That national study that I put in there, they said that. Okay. That's helpful. So I guess getting that citation would be would be helpful. So yeah, it's in the it's in the slideshow. Okay. If you could share that, that would be helpful to sure. understand and, and get back to Commissioner Baroda's question. When you're making an inference, like what's the what's the comparison that substantiates that? And, and as Mr. Pringle well knows, you can always find a study that says anything, right? I, I freely admit that. That's that's the study I have that says that it doesn't affect value. That's why I, I dig deeper and go into actual Douglas County properties located next to Big Springs. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I have a question. Um, have you guys reached out to the residents? Have you had an information session? Is, it sounds like this is the first time they're getting to voice some concerns. I mean, have you guys had a public information session? No, no. We went to the Eudora Planning Commission meeting. That was kind of like the first kickoff of all this. We were there for that, but no one was really allowed to speak. We did talk with, obviously, Mary. Uh, we talked with uh, the Douglas County Public Works Director. I had a phone call with Barack to talk about the issue. Um, so we did talk to some people about this. Because usually aren't they required to reach out to landowners or homeowners within a mile of a project? Isn't there a requirement? Jeff, is that? There's a requirement to send notice within oh, send of, notice. of the okay. hearing. There's not necessarily a requirement to have a, a meeting I, I or a neighborhood item. I see. So you guys send a notice? Yes, or, we, we took it. We did. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the Planning and Development Services sent the notice okay. related to that. Gotcha. Okay. 
Ms. Yeah, um, just a follow-up to that. I think we have been talking more and more recently about how we encourage the people, the applicants that are coming before the board to try to reach out to the neighborhoods. And I know there's some talk about deferring or whatever, but it's always helpful for applicants to reach out to the neighbors, even if it's not required notice or whatever, and have some town hall meetings, just following up. I think we've talked about that a couple of times. My question's about the land. Um, so I'm really interested in um, the reclamation and the process you plan. Um, you've shown some award-winning um, um, pictures and photos, but I'd like to know what the plan is to put the, back, the land back into its most natural state that we can, can get it and what the uses may be, obviously the prime soils will be gone um, but I'm very interested in how the land would um, be able to be used after um, if, uh, a quarry um, being located you mentioned you had a, a video I do. Um, I'd like to see it Juan, but I'd also just like you to address um, sure um, because they are an eyesore and driving around there and seeing I've recently a new addition to the planning commission, but I, I don't. I do think there should be more um, restrictions and requirements of putting the the land back to some type of a natural state that does not seem to be occurring in some um, and, and not required um, in past approvals. And so that's high on my list of okay. concerns. It's it's always a requirement for our quarries, right? We there, there's a such thing as a grandfathered quarry, and I think you might be talking about that. Like that. The Edgerton Quarry is a grandfathered quarry. It, it was around in the 50s before the state of Kansas put in the reclamation laws. But I, I do want to play you the video because it explains exactly what you're talking about. And it's only a two-minute video, so if I can play that, that'd be great. But before I play it, you said obviously the prime soils would be lost. That's not true. We take great care to preserve the topsoil. We don't sell it. We use it. Sometimes we're, we're required to make berms to berm off a site. And we will use the topsoil for the berm. And then we'll also use any shell that we might have uh, or anything else that, that doesn't have market value. And that is used in the reclamation process. And like I said earlier, we're a two-time national champion in reclamation. And um, lower left. I think now's a good time. Sure. And before he hits play on this, we have multiple ways to reclaim. The landowner gets to pick. And this video is the one that we just won the national championship on. It's the first time we've ever tried to turn a quarry back into row crops. That's why it was so special. Usually it goes back into pasture. You saw the uh, pictures of our Big Springs quarry with those three ponds. That was a reclamation back to natural habitat. We do brome, we do pasture, we do natural habitat, native grass. The landowner gets to pick. It's in our lease that way. This particular landowner, wanted row crops, which we've never done before. So we agreed to give it a try, and, and we took drone footage while we were doing all this, and this is the video, and um, we're, we're pretty proud of this reclamation. I'm Nick Jackson, and I manage the reclamation of Plummer Creek Quarry's West Face. Plummer Creek Quarry is a surface mine that extracts resources from the Irvine Creek, Rock Bluff, and Ozaki limestone formations. This material is processed into high quality aggregates for the local construction industry. 
This project presented us with an opportunity to perform a reclamation different from our typical methods. Our focus was returning the land to a productive agricultural asset for the landowner and to demonstrate to future landowners we can return the land back to a productive state. By design, 85% of the mining area was returned as rich cropland, with the remaining 15% left as lush wetlands habitat. With the combined efforts of our leadership and the mining team, we've returned the land just the way the American heartland should be. Nothing short of beautiful and productive for generations to come. So the rock that comes out obviously leaves a void, and that's where you get a, a pond, and the landowner almost always wants a pond. Sometimes if it's large enough, there'll be two ponds or three ponds, depending on the size of the quarry. But with the void becomes a water feature, and then around it, we landscape with that prime topsoil that we were talking about. Uh, and, on our, and, and I believe this is actually in the CUP. It, it even controls the slope of what the ground is going into that pond. So it can't be too much that would cause uh, issues. So I will say this, of, of all the counties we're in, I'm, it's safe to say Douglas County's CUP and its regulations are the toughest that we have. Um, and the Big Springs Quarry is under those regulations. And it, I, I, don't, I think it, it might be some correlation to the fact that it's a national champion underneath those regulations. And it's my understanding that um, how it's going to be reclaimed is not a part of the CUP and that that is something you'll work out at a later date. So right now there's no, there's a requirement that you do reclaim in some way that's consistent with, with the state and local laws, but there's no actual plan um, for our guaranteed reclamation um, process. It's mandated by the state of Kansas, but there's also a reclamation plan that does have to be submitted to the state of Kansas. And we typically submit that plan to the county at the same time. So there will be a full reclamation plan submitted. After, if we were to grant this, not as a part of this, it would come later. The planning process for the reclamation. Maybe that's a question for staff. I don't well, but it, it'll be completed before we put a shovel in the ground. Okay. Thank you. Um, I have a couple um, questions. Um, first for you, Mr. Eckert. Um, with all the talk about um, additional truck traffic, how many trips are we talking about? Um, for what, how many trips do you anticipate estimate on a daily basis? That, that, that's always a tough question to ask because uh, or a tough question to answer because it's market-based. And, you know, if the economy is going well, then there's X amount. If it doesn't do so well, then it's a lower amount. Here we're directly in competition with the quarry across the street. Their, their yearly tonnage is 500,000. In the first year, I don't think that number changes a great deal. I really don't in that first year. Um, so whatever, whatever, I mean, it's still going to be 500,000 tons that first year. So whatever number that works out to, do you have one off the top of your head? We can calculate one for you pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. I, I actually have also a question for the city manager or consultant for the um, city of Eudora. Uh, uh, the, just the issue of um, this tension between wanting to grow 
uh, for the city of Eudora, but needing the materials um, for that. So in your, when you're talking about um, building the star bond development, I mean, where did you anticipate getting the materials for this, for your growth? Uh, I think there's a little bit of confusion. So our project uh, is not really connected to, uh, you know, the issue about quarry or the materials, anything like that. For us, it's about growth, and it's about how we grow knowing that we're uh, in the middle of a growth corridor. We have to plan ahead to be able to meet the demands of what our community needs, to be able to prepare for what we know is to come. So for us, it's not about, well, we are growing, we need these materials. No. For us, it's about how do we plan to grow and be intentional, be intentional about that growth. When we had the conversation here, when we were discussing about the ham application, we were opposed to that. We wanted to divert the traffic as, at the very least, as something that the, uh, the commission should think about. Because we know, as is right now, the infrastructure that we have cannot be able to accommodate our growing community. When residents talk about the issue on Church Street on the south side, we know that. But how do we address that? We know when the schools were built, there are certain things that you know, you know, should have been, you know, you know, taken into account. So as a city, we are trying to be intentional. We are trying to plan ahead. We are trying to uh, be intentional how that southern part grows. There are some things that we as a city can be able to control, which is as we see the demands from our residents for an increased quality of life, for us to get uh, the resources we need to pay for infrastructure improvements, to be able to pay for the deferred maintenance, where is that money going to come from? So we can either sit and wait as a city, or we can be able to try and do things within our control to get ahead of that. So for us, the discussions that we've been having internally was not about this versus that, was about how do we grow as a community to be able to make sure that this growth that we know would come or we knew would come, we can be able to direct it and shape it and still maintain uh, the quality of life that our, our residents demands. Now, for us, we knew as, you know, we continue to, do, uh, to have these conversations, this are some of those things that, you know, would have to occur. Uh, so for us, there are two separate issues. We will, you know, talk about our project. It's not tied to the materials or anything that uh, Ham or uh, 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 Mid-State is thinking. We know its location will impact how we plan to grow on the south side, and that is something that we are cognizant of because as we look at the things that we need to adjust because of the recent announcement, we have to adjust our land use plan and all the discussions that we had previous to the announcement. How does that change what our plan for growth was? And we have to be able to take all those realities that are here today. I was just going to add just quickly, too, on projects, whether they're public or private projects, when it comes to things like aggregate or contractual services, obviously with a public project, it's a competitive bid process. So knowing where it may come from or who it may come from, we won't know that until you go through that competitive construction bid process or project process. So at that point, if it's a public project, obviously we're looking at the lowest cost possible at that point in time. 
or where that comes from or how that's made, that contractor may be balancing a whole number of different aspects of the project when they bid on that. So aggregate may be one component of it, but it may not be the full project cost. It's just a little bit different than what Barack's talking about. Thank you. Go, yes, just, go right. While you guys are up here, I just want to be super clear with this question. Um, are you saying that you believe that Eudora's growth will reach clear into the urban growth boundary area adjacent to this quarry before they've finished with their 20-year work? So in, I, in less than 20 years, you're going to be yeah. filling that space. So you're asking for those long-range forecasts, right, which we all that's sit there and about, yeah, right? that's what we, that's what well, we sit now, and try to work. Direct yep. question, is that what you're saying? Yep. I, I would say yes, that's what we're saying. It is going to be faster than what we anticipated. Um, in our comprehensive plan and when the UGA boundary was determined as part of that element of that work, um, I think we're fairly safe in saying that within the next 20 to 30 years, we will see growth that is far beyond what we expected in those forecasts. Now, to what extent is going to be dependent on a variety of factors as to how fast Panasonic comes online, how fast the um, cursory uses around them come online, and what that employment demand impacts us with as far as housing and other commercial elements. This year, growth projection, population projection, I think it was 9,400. Yeah, we were at 9,400 roughly. 9,400, was that considerate of, was that done before Panasonic? That was before, that is before Panasonic. So that was basically taking the last 30 years of historic growth or so that Eudora has seen and averaged that out and said, if you continue at that rate, here's what would happen. You, it's very hard in a long-range plan. Your planners will tell you this through the comprehensive plan work that they do. We tend not to plan for catastrophe or high uh, peaks of growth because it's very hard to anticipate when something like Panasonic may or may not come along. So you try to average those out, look at a reasonable range for the growth, and then project for that. Right. This case, and the reason I brought up the example of Southwest, uh, Johnson County with the Kansas City Logistics Park with the intermodal and all the spin-off industry that has occurred there and the employment demand is that within a 30-year period, just one community saw their growth rate go 6.5 times greater than what it was before. So it went from 3,000 in 1990 to 23,000, almost 24,000 in 2021. So in that 30, 31-year period, you saw it grow by six, six and a half times. That's not to say Eudora will do that specifically, but when you look at our urban growth boundary or the urban reserve area out to that red line, there's only about 640 acres or so in that southeast quadrant, which is not a lot of land. That's about a square mile for development out there. Nice. Another question. Go ahead, Commissioner. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so maybe tangential to this. Um, so. 20 to 30 years, I think was what you said, you, perhaps we're talking about 10 to 20. Um, it's at the CUP, they're talking about it's a 20 year time limit. I don't know if they could possibly get done what they wanna get done inside of 20 years or not, but that's another question. But the thing I'm wondering about though, and Brock, I think I, I, I wanna ask you this question. Um, you've got this unusual natural resource um, sitting just outside your town. Um, that is unique, um, is needed uh, to provide the, the, the materials 
for the very growth that you're talking about. Um, if you don't do this, um, you'll lose access to that probably forever. You know, if you build right up to it or build over the top of it, you know, for example, is that something that you've considered, the considered the value of that natural resource that is available to you right now that it won't go away because it's been used and lost. It'll go away because you've just chosen to not access it. Is that, is that part of the considerations that you've made? That's more of a, a policy question, uh, yeah, I think, is. and that's why you all uh, and our planning commission, city commission, you know, face some of these, you know, questions and discussions. They're not easy. Uh, I think, you know, each community has to decide how it grows, where, what's a parkland and what's developable, uh, and how do you do that with intentionality? And I think for us, we know what we know, which is Eudora is on a growth corridor and we have to grow. How do we do that? There are certain things that we are proactively doing uh, to be able to meet the, the, that demand that's here now. We knew that it was going to happen. We just didn't know when. Now it's not a matter of if, it's here. So how do we change some of the things and the discussions that we're having to incorporate what we know right now? And what we know right now is housing is going to be an issue. And for us, we're going to be able to provide all types of housing in Eudora. Where uh, do we do that? How do we do that? We can't just build single-family housing. We have to have a, a variety of housing. Uh, where will that be? How do we uh, you know, provide the infrastructure that will be needed as we bring people to our community? How do we account for uh, some of the amenities that they'll need, be it parks, uh, be it you know, all the other things that people would, leave, you know, would need to have a quality of life. That's what we know we have to do and some of the things that we need to take into account. Uh, you know, whether you say yes or no to something, you know, and whether that's something that we should take into account, we as staff and we as, as a city staff, we'll be able to present what we know to the governing bodies. And at this point, uh, what we're sharing with our commission and the conversations that we're having internally about growth, you know, with what's being proposed and some of the internal discussions that we're having when it comes to housing needs and how we're going to grow, it is just too close to where we foresee us growing. Uh, and that's going to impact many of the things that we already have and many of the things that we plan to have. We know that for sure. Uh, even with the, CU, the HAM CUP, when it was being uh, discussed, we knew that at the time. Uh, we just didn't have a lot of things that we could share with you uh, right now. But knowing that, there's some things that we are looking at, uh, even some conversation we're having on staff that we'll bring to our planning commission and city commission regarding our zoning and regulations. How do we change those things and try as much as we can to get ahead of it and have some of the discussions that you just alluded to? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I do, I do want to jump in here and just um, say, Chairman Martin, if you at any point would like to jump in again, or one of the commissioners from the Eudora Commission, please um, just say so. Um, I do have a question that I think it's probably for the traffic engineer or road engineer uh, about the alternative route that was discussed. Uh, if I get it, it was uh, 2300 
Road, I believe, was discussed, and the comment was made that it was cost prohibitive to improve that road. I'm wondering exactly what does that mean, and what would it take to make that an alternate route for the trucks? Uh, Chair Ashworth, I think maybe I could uh, respond to that. I'm Thank you. Um, and when Ham was was going through the process with their CUP, there was a discussion about using E2300 Road. It uh, it's a township road. It's a gravel road. It's about 1.8 miles to get from the intersection at the quarry there up to the interchange that would get them onto K10. Um, and if you're not following that, when you're when you're on K10, there's there's the far east Eudora exit interchange that, that kind of sits off out of town. That's where E2300 would tie in, uh, it does tie in. So obviously getting the trucks to that location makes sense uh, logistically and it avoids running them through town. The problem is that that's always been a township road. It's designated as a, a local road. It's probably classified in the future as a minor collector. Um, and so it's not the designated major route and it hasn't been ever. Um, Church Street within Eudora is formerly County Route 1061. It's always been a truck route. It's always been a major thoroughfare um, since the 1940s when, when the state and federal government asked us to start designating major thoroughfares. That's been the road. So um, that's why HAM is going that way. It's, it's a case of uh, sending them a mile uh, to the west to get to that tr designated truck route and then taking further access to, to go to their destination. Um, and so the E2300 road idea was discussed. It's a gravel road. It has some site distance issues. It doesn't have very good drainage. There's a large culvert that would have to be replaced that is ours to maintain. Um, the township currently ma maintains the road. If it were improved and paved, then that would become a county route to maintain. That goes back to a resolution that the county passed in 1979 that says that any township that can't main, maintain pavement, um, those roads would turn over to the county if they get paved for some reason until such time that the township can maintain them. So um, we would be talking about making that now a county road route. We would take that on. And that's not a priority in terms of the county commission or any of our goals for transportation because we've got 1061 as our major route. So uh, we would be duplicating a county route a mile away from another county route, and that's not efficient for us. And when you listen to what Brock has in mind about growth, really that improvement of that road ideally is going to be a future arterial uh, now with, with probably their new studies that they do. And for us to go in there and invest in that just to uh, facilitate this number of trucks, um, you know, we would be doing something that's going to get redone as a city street someday. So there's some, just for all of us, there's a, a lack of efficiency in that process. Um, so we did, we did an estimate um, and because of the improvements that would be needed, it came in around $3.6 million for improving that road. That's well beyond what any quarry uh, royalty fees are going to cover. It's well beyond what the county has uh, in mind to invest in anything like that. And so it's really not feasible. That's how we got to that point. Thank you. That does clarify that issue. Um, uh, uh, another um, 
just point I have in thinking about the traffic on the existing route that's proposed. As somebody who lives across the street from a high school, I can attest that the thought of trucks going through, um, it's not so much the inexperienced drivers, it's mostly the parents <laughs> who are driving in and out of the high school. So I have a great deal of concern about trucks going through there. Um, and as far as the roundabout is concerned, I'm not sure how that solves that with those big trucks. I'm a fan of roundabouts. I love roundabouts and people hate them in this town, but I, I actually love roundabouts. But I would never want one across from the high school or involved in the high school. So uh, that doesn't um, that doesn't reassure me um, about the traffic in that area. Um, and another thing I'm thinking about, I'm sure there are more questions, is just that what Brock had just said about what the community is really wanting and thinking, going through the city leaders and the planning commission and um, the community members. Uh, I'm just not seeing that this community wants this particular project, knowing the trade-offs um, with the resources that are in the ground there. Commissioner Thomas. Uh, some thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, what we're looking at from my perspective is the tension between a company that uh, would mine a product that is needed and a community of people who have to live um, in the proximity of um, the mine and the city that is saying, we've got to change our projections about where we are going to grow. And here's 240 acres that is essentially eliminated from growth. Uh, I read as much as I could understand all of the reports that I think you provided about uh, housing prices, about reclamation, and I, I have no doubt that the reclamation that you do um, compared with everybody else in the country is stellar. But, and I couldn't find it. I, I took notes all over the paper here. I couldn't find it. The topsoil that is a priority in Douglas County the, for the agricultural land, someplace in one of these reports it says, so six inches will, be, will go back, but it won't be at the same quality as was taken out. Oh, sorry. So it would not, Charlie. What? Let's start over now. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so someplace in the report it says the top six inches is not at the same quality as taken out. So um, it, it is the, the tension between a company coming in and the some provable issues that will occur. Um, when I when I read the issues and I've I've um, written about some of them, there really is no absolute proof that everybody can agree on that housing prices are not affected. 
most of the reports that you got referred to the height report that said there was a direct relationship. The closer you are to the quarry, the lower the house prices are. And so the two reports in here tried to refute that, but in each report, the conclusion was more studies would need to be done on this. So housing prices, um, the reports that I looked at didn't show me that housing prices would not be affected. Uh, the water table issues, the dust issues, whoever it was that, oh, the guy in the white sweater with the black, that you, um, talking about the health issues, um, I thought, were rather compelling and I would I would like to hear I don't want to say a rebuttal I would like to hear a a response to that um, so the health issues the fact that this community as a whole and and maybe if I were a neighbor who said oh gosh I want the quarry maybe I would be hesitant to come and speak um, but it looks like 99.9% of the people that are speaking and the commission from Eudora is speaking for the people that said, this is not something that we want. And I would, um, I am more falling, I shouldn't say more, I am falling on the side of saying, we need to listen to the people. We need to listen to the people that are directly impacted by this. Now, my driveway that is gravel is six-tenths of a mile long, and it took a fortune to have it graveled. But that isn't enough of a reason for me to say mid-states being cheaper than and I don't, I'm not even sure, I don't think we got it from Ham, I think we got it south of Globe, um, is not a compelling enough reason for me to say, I'm going to ignore what the people are saying. I'm going to ignore what the council is saying. So unless there is, and I'm not sure what it would be, some compelling reason that I have not heard tonight, I. I would vote against approving this, but I, if you would care to speak to the health issues, that would be one thing I'd like to hear more about. Well, all of our equipment, I'll start at the beginning and then I'll end with a different way of attacking this but on our quarry I again I don't know what hams does I can't speak to them yeah. right so all of our equipment will have spray water ball uh, spray water bars at the top of the crushing equipment so what we'll do is that water will be constantly sprayed as it's crushed which is the best dust process dust suppression system that you can buy we have that it's KDHE approved and on the internal roads, the internal haul routes, we'll have a water truck on site at all times, and all those internal haul roads will be um, watered. 
So um, Douglas County can come out at any time. It's in the CUP that they can come out any minute that they want to come out and inspect. And we attack dust. I mean, I mean quite frankly, when, when we talk about quarries, dust and trucking are, are actually bigger issues than blasting. It, it just is over time just because of the way we handle blasting. And I know people probably are rolling their eyes behind me, but the truth of the matter is over time, a bigger issue is trucking and dust than the actual blasting. So we're, what we do is that we have a, a very sophisticated method of suppressing dust because that, that is something that, that could cause a CUP to get pulled by the county. Um, one of the things we have to understand is that just because the county grants a CUP for 20 years doesn't mean that it lives for 20 years. If we violate those conditions, Douglas County can revoke them. Dust is one of those issues, So, as it is in other counties. And, that, and that's why we attack the dust issue um, uh, aggressively. We, we have neighbors everywhere. All of our quarries have neighbors. They do. And, and dust is a constant issue. And in some of the counties where the roads are dirt roads, we actually put dust suppressant down in front of their houses as part of the CUP. Uh, here, they're paved roads, so that's not necessarily an issue. But on the internal haul routes, we'll keep water suppressant on there. All of our crushing equipment has suppression bars or, or water suppression bars on them. Again, I don't know what HAMS does. I can't speak to that. Um, and then the last thing I want to say is that, you know, we have employees who work for us for 20, 10 and 20 years inside those quarries. And, you know, if, if it was a, it's an issue, it would be a workers' comp issue for us. And, and we just don't see that. And again, since I, I think you were the ones that provided most of the material that I looked at, um, and I've gone through looking for the, the part about the six inches of topsoil does not stay the quality that it is when you remove it. I don't know where you saw that at. That, that six inches is what we guarantee as a minimum. That, that's just the minimum, right? More than likely... It'll be more than that, but it's the exact same topsoil that we removed. So we'll open up that first acreage, and then that that topsoil will be bermed. And then when we move into the new 10 acres, that topsoil immediately goes back into the reclamation process to where we first started. So this topsoil, if if you will, is constantly being recycled. So the the topsoil might not end up in the same place. Most assuredly, it will not end up in the same place. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the same topsoil. So I, I don't know where you saw that the, the dirt was degraded. I, it didn't come from us because it's the exact same topsoil. Okay. I, again, there were 150 pages of yeah. going through it. and looking and reading and right. taking notes. And if we have time tonight, I'll see if I can find where that is so I can quote it. Um, but the studies, again, the studies that were provided that I saw, and not probably not everybody got to see the material that we got to see, but it was in essence simply trying to negate the height, H-I-T-E, report that said there was causality on prices between a quarry and house prices and the closer they were that there right. were issues with it. Sure. But again, each of those reports, as I read it, said 
more studies need to be done. Um, and it gave a lot of other things that said, eh, we can't really say. Have, have, have you ever seen a study that someone was paid to do that didn't say that we needed to do more studies? That seems to be all the studies. That's why I provided you with the raw numbers of what's going on at Big Springs. Big Springs is a different animal, though. It's bigger. You're right. But, it's, it's a more intense operation than this will ever be. But it doesn't have the Hesper um, heights right there. It is essentially in a rural area with precious few homes around it. I go by it multitudinous times. So it is, it is not the same, and it is in no gro potential growth area that Eudora is talking about. I, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I will say that the 10 houses that I put on that list, they border our quarry. They, their land touches our land, or our leased land. Good. I'm, I, I think you respond well. I think you respond honestly. I think you have presented things that show what you would like to do. I, that it's still the tension between a company that comes in that your purpose is to make money. And hopefully you do make money because your product is needed and what a community as a whole, including the people who are appointed, elected, nominated, however, are saying this is not something at this time in present conditions that we believe is beneficial for the city of Eudora. My, my response to that is, you know, it's been brought up a lot about the profit and, and quite frankly, that's not a land use issue. We, we have to go by the golden factors, of which there are eight of them, and, and that's your charge, right? It's your charge to weigh my presentation and the testimony of the neighborhood only in the framework of the golden factors. And a lot of what we've heard tonight is outside of that framework, but I, it's not my job to tell you what you think is in that framework, so I don't do that. I've let a lot of things go, although I have a lot of notes. <laughs> but we have to stay within the framework of the golden factors. And a lot of what we hear is, hey, there's a quarry there, we don't need this one. And, you know, Eudora has a, a brand new Casey's. It's beautiful, right? It's great, love it. They also have a quick store that was there a lot earlier than that down the road. And, you know, the issue is how much pizza can you sell, right? And I know that that my analogy isn't on par because Casey's doesn't blast and doesn't have noise and dust and so forth. But the analogy is how many quick stores do you need, right? We already had one. Well, now you have two. And quite frankly, you could probably support three there. It's kind of the same issue inside of the golden factors is that I don't think a market condition is a golden factor. But I think the first golden factor has to do with the characteristic of the neighborhood. That's you, the first one that's listed, I believe. Yes. And so that's, I think, what I am speaking to, and it's the tension between yeah. that and that first golden factor. And, and I'll tell you that the, exactly the reason that we're here, 
the strongest reason is that there's already a quarry there. That is the right. character of the neighborhood. I mean, there's a quarry right there. I, I can't locate a quarry any closer to another quarry. Right, that's a piece of the character. It is. Right? I, that is a piece of the character. But at some point in time, someone said that that quarry was okay to be in that location. They would have had the same golden factors we did. As a follow-up, I would just like to say I did find that it's um, the talking about the class one and two soils was from staff. So it might be a good question for staff to address the reclamation with a top um, or class one and um, okay. class two soils and replacing them. So we okay. might want to ask staff that. But it is on page 13 of, of 186 or page 51 of 364, depending on which <laughs> number set you're looking at. That's impressive. It's, un it's under the factor number six, at least. I think I saw it in there twice, but that was the first place I found That's it. That's impressive. Just, just something for discussion. So the landowner is entering into the relationship because they're going to gain financially, most likely. Um, and so they have a valuable resource and they want to profit from it. So has anybody explored an alternative for that property? Has anybody gone to the landowner and said, hey, instead of this, have you thought about, you know, something else? So maybe other options aren't viable financially, but, you know, I guess this is a question for the city of Eudora. You know, have you guys explored other alternatives and, you know, I, again, just... <clears throat> um, did, oh, do you, would you like to respond to that? I think that's a, a land use uh, question. Uh, and I think for us, that's some of the uh, internal discussions that we're having in terms of when we did our comprehensive plan in 2020, uh, 2019-2020, how did we see the community grow? And right now we're having those internal conversations because we see the growth uh, that's here. How does our community change? And what are some of those uses and plans uh, that we had uh, assumed certain land or certain areas would be zoned specific ways? That will have to change given some of the conversations and information that we'll gather uh, as we work with the various stakeholders, the county, the state, uh, to get as much information as we can, because for us, that land going south uh, could potentially be housing development. Is it going to be single family? Is it going to be uh, truck homes? We don't know, but those are some of those conversations that we're having. We know for sure we, you know, we'd have to in increase density in our community uh, in that area abut in K-10, so those are some of those changes that we'll take into account. So I can't speak to other alternatives, but we know as we discuss internally that land use map will change and we'll present that to our planning commission, city commission for discussion. It's the same conversation that we had uh, with the county when we were revising our UGA. We had a much broader UGA boundary that uh, included the uh, quarry and through the dialogue and the back and forth that we had, we thought and estimated we would grow beyond the current approved UGA, but we had to compromise and find something that would work for us and the county just because of the regulation. So we will revisit that conversation as well as we have internal discussions because that's going to change uh, given what we know is here along K-10. Um, if I if I may, um, just um, I'll have to agree with Mr. Eckert that um, looking at the the financial market when it comes to 
aggregates and that is, is out of the purview of um, a land use a zoning body. Um, so I would like to, to maybe steer us back to some of this re- review ki- criteria. When I look at number one, compa- compatibility of the pros- proposed use with zoning and land uses of nearby properties and criteria two, compatibility with proposed use with the character of the area. What I'm hearing from um, the city of Eudora is that in, in their projecting out to the future of what their community is going to look like, the answer to those um, seems to be no, that it doesn't fit with the compatibility as they foresee that development of the city. Um, uh, Obviously, the suitability of the subject property, uh, it does uh, fit with the following uses um, for what it is currently zoned as. Um, in terms of the impact of the use on the natural environment, I normally would be very concerned about taking prime farmland out, um, and I agree that just putting it back on top doesn't work um, in terms of reclaiming that, although um, some of the reclamation projects that this company has been responsible for are impressive. Um, actually, the, the reason that's not so much of a concern for me is because I wonder what would happen with this reclamation rec- reclaimed property when it wants to be uh, some people are projecting it to be housing development so to me it doesn't really it's not doesn't rise to the concern because it's nobody wants it to be agriculture eventually um it's going to be yeah so the prime farmland really can't be a concern although i would normally be very concerned about um, reclaiming that area um and impact on the use, uh, number five, impact of the use on community facilities, transportation network, and is um, a concern. I think it's obviously from um, Chad Voigt uh, outlining very nicely why 2300 Road um, is unworkable, but yet we have this street, Church Street, which has an enormous amount of truck traffic already there. I've been on that street. I've driven up and down it. Um, I think that is a, a, a a major concern um, going in and out of Eudora from the south with all the development that's planned. Um, uh, anybody want to take any of the other criteria to um, Time limit, I think that a staff made a great um, change in limiting it to 20 to try to stagger it or have that development finish, that coring finish by the time Eudora gets to that point. But we're hearing from Eudora that they think it's going to be faster than that. So. Commissioner, if I may. Yes, Chairman Mark. I want to go back and talk a little bit about Commissioner Rex Rhodes' uh, question um, about rich aggregate, um, Eudora's uh, desire to have that. Um, The fact is we already have a quarry there now that is being underutilized. And to me, um, the fact that it is underutilized leaves room as we grow to utilize it even more. And it already exists. Um, As we all know, uh, rooftops create tax dollars. And um, as I think about adding another quarry, it just doesn't make sense to me when the one that we have currently is underutilized. And I also would like to, to make it, uh, for some of you that are new on the commission, um, 
seven or eight months ago, uh, we did have a joint meeting uh, when the HAM CUP was up again for renewal. And it was extended uh, 20 years, if memory serves me correctly. And uh, the Eudora Planning Commission voted no. I remember that. Yep. Yeah. So I think we all need to consider Eudora's long-term goals and the fact that there is a quarry there now that, that we did vote no for uh, is, is of concern with the new quarry coming in. One of the things I'd like to add, if I may, is that one of the golden rules, right? The uh, use so will not cause significant adverse impacts on community facilities, transportation network, utilities in the area. And, you know, I've lived in Eudora all my life. And Planning Commission is something that, you know, we're appointed. It's not a thankful job. We get a lot of input from uh, local community members. And the road concern is the key input I get is that trucks traverse routes that they're not supposed to. Um, we have, I have a buddy that lives down south of 2300 that complains all the time that trucks take that route. Um, you know, when high school lets out, it gets congested. They may go on 1900 road or all the way over um, 1200 road, all the way to 1900 to avoid that congestion. So trucks go routes they're not supposed to. There's lots of environmental. It, their concerns seem to be, you know, we had 36 pages of letters, right? And so... Uh, addressed to Mary Miller with their concerns, but they seem to be environmental and personal health. Um, so the quarry impacts, besides the blasting vibrations, you know, they get the bonus of the noise of the rock grinding. Um, depends on how close you are, I guess. The truck backup alarms can, if you're really close like Karen is. But uh, we, if we have an existing 400-acre Rock Quarry, I think Mid-States is seeing that the city of Eudora and the citizens of Eudora have concerns with that existing quarry and things that aren't being enforced or issues with it. If you pull off K-10 today, we have the Ham Quarry uh, Mini Lake right as we turn right. And for those that aren't experienced to kind of go around it, they end up going down in this large hole that keeps happening because we have a lot of quarry trucks. Um, so anyway, that seems to be the impact that we're seeing from the door residents is that we have an existing quarry. Um, do we need another one? I think the citizens of Eudora said no. Uh, the planning commission is concerned with our growth area. And I think we're saying no. So thank yeah. you. 
I would just like to say something um, as to the concerns with the existing quarry. Like, I do think that's something that we, you know, think about and take into consideration. I mean, it does seem to me to also lend towards the character of the neighborhood. There is a currently one there. It is is helpful in that way. And I don't know which way I'm leaning still, but I'd like to say I do think it's really important to recognize. Um, I was not on the planning commission when the CUP for hams was extended and um, someone should look at the requirements that they are supposed to be following. And if in fact they are not following those, a CUP can be pulled. And so I would encourage everyone who showed up here tonight who's concerned about the neighborhood and what's going on in, in thinking about and making sure that CUPs that have been granted are um, actually being enforced properly because I hate to not grant a CUP because someone else isn't following their CUP, right? So just thinking about that in a larger picture, there are things that you can do to help with the issues that are in existence. I'm not, I don't know how that will come into play with the ultimate thought process I have, but it's something important to know, um, I think. It's a really good point. Sure. Um, if I, I guess a couple things. Um, I absolutely respect and give a lot of weight to what the people of Eudora, city staff, planning commission, what you choose to do with you know the areas around your community. That has just an awful lot of weight for me. I, I don't feel like it's necessarily my place to tell you you're, I'm right and you're wrong. I, I don't at all. Um, when I when I look at just the question of land use outside of everything else, um, uh, I've, this makes sense as, as, as indicated by the fact that there's a quarry right there. It suggests that, yeah, okay, it is an appropriate land use. So it takes me then to, you know, question of suitability and impacts. And as uh, Chair Ashworth has had gone through those items, there are a couple of, of, of items in the golden factors that have some questions, um, some serious concerns uh, around traffic, as an example. That's the one that was a continued theme. It doesn't. I don't feel like we've got that managed. I have some concerns about not just blasting, but when you've got multiple, you know, you have two different entities that that may be operating in different ways. How that's coordinated, I, don't, I just don't understand what those impacts might be. If I had to vote on this today because of because of those questions, I would have to say no. I think the good news, though, is that we don't have to vote no today. Um, there is an option. The applicant has said freely that they would, uh, not looking for a, a yes tonight, um, that they would um, uh, take this feedback and go back to work and see if we can't come up with something. And I, I just, I kind of feel like I wonder if this isn't the start of a public process that. We ought to let continue at least one more time, one more cycle. Applicant, a company in good standing, um, has put up an awful lot of money to get here tonight, and maybe just in fairness to them, give them an opportunity to take the feedback that they've heard from the area, from the residents, from the city, and see if they can come to uh, an understanding. I'm not a big fan of deferrals, but in this particular case, um, I'd offer that up as an option give them an opportunity to see if they can't find a way to make this work. May, Madam Chair? Yes. Um, I'd just like to respond directly to uh, Commissioner Rexford's um, comments. I, I, 
I uh, I'm grateful to Chair Ashworth for the observations about factor two and also the, uh, the basically the environs and also safety. Um, um, I think the idea that it's that this is compatible with the environs because there's already a quarry there is kind of a specious argument because it suggests we might as it might as well be uh, uh, encouraged to build. To be clear, I think that's a question mark. Oh, oh absolutely. I don't forgive think me. I don't I, think it is compatible. Okay, yeah. I'll, forgive me. I'll start by saying I'm opposed to a deferral. That's the part that I want to respond <laughs> to because these good people have already spent three hours here, three and a half hours um, presenting their concerns, listening to us deliberate. And I think uh, we should respect that as well. Not just the, the time and money that the applicant has spent, but the time that the community has spent and invested in this. Um, I also don't believe that, and this is where I was going to make these arguments about the principal concerns I have with respect to the golden factors are compatibility with the environs. We, we know, yes, that it's compatible with the zoning because there is already a quarry on agriculturally zoned land. My concern about the environs is that the argument that there's already a quarry there suggests that it's permissible to build a, a uh, or a, a appropriate to build an adjacent quarry. Well, then there are two quarries. Well, so why not a third and then a fourth? Um, and that, I just don't think that that is a a, a reasonable argument with all due respect to the applicant, because I think uh, he made that point previously. We can demonstrate it's compatible because there's already quarry there. Um, the, the issue of traffic safety is one that we've already heard Mr. Voigt argue that no matter what, I mean, unless the applicant would be willing to pay for the expense of, of paving and improving, forgive me, the name of the road that, that is the traffic alternative, um, I don't know that the community is going to be satisfied uh, with any other option. So I, to me, it seems that we're at an impasse between the applicant and the community. And there, are, there is a predominance of concern with the golden factors in my mind that it doesn't seem reconcilable. And I think in this particular case, the fact that you know, Eudora is going to need more aggregate at some point in the future um that's that's a, a decent argument but again that's not our concern either that's for there to make yeah exactly that is the community's concern and so i i think i've heard enough yeah. to say that i'm going to recommend yeah. uh denial and it'll be up to the county commissioners to make the final decision you're right about that that you know any additional information can be gathered between now and then um, but i think for the purposes of our meeting tonight I'm satisfied with what I've heard to suggest um, or to, to vote against approval. And I'm the same way. I'm, I'm with you on that. Honestly, I, I, I completely agree. And if I have to vote yes or no tonight, I'm a no because I agree with everything you've said. Well, if you talk My long enough, you can vote tomorrow. <laughs> we're, we're almost <laughs> there. We're almost there. My only point, though, is, and I, I completely agree, the, these folks, these good folks, and I, I've driv I drove through your neighborhood today. Uh, I, I understand those concerns. I truly do. I give full weight to that. I want to, my suggestion on deferral is, is to be as fair to the applicant who has not just spent three hours tonight, because they spent that same three hours tonight, but hundreds of hours in addition to that and tens of thousands of dollars, and to give them just one opportunity that having heard things tonight, mm -hmm. maybe for the first time, shame on us, give them an opportunity to come back and say, hey, we hadn't considered this, maybe we could do this or we could do that. 
I think it's unlikely. You know, I, I it's not that's not mine to do those. That's the only reason I, I offer up deferral as an option because it leaves the door open. The city of Eudora ultimately, in my mind, are the ones that they have the weight on this, and I would respect that. But I just would like to give them an opportunity. Mm-hmm. See, that's why that's why I lean that way. I have a uh, point of order. Sorry. I, oh, sure. Who makes a deferral? I, I was just going <laughs> to ask for assistance from staff to t- walk us through. If that were a motion that we're going that was going to be made, if that is a motion that is going to be made, how would that play out? Because we would have to deal with the deferral first, um, and with the two commissions sitting jointly, I don't know how that would. Mm, that's a very good point. And who moves? Can the applicant right. move for a deferral, or only the, one of the sitting boards? It would. It would be of the purview of the Lawrence Douglas County Planning Commission to call for the deferral in the item because it is it is your recommendation that would advance with the weight of the code going up. However, it would be in the you know prerogative of the chair if it would be to the interest of both committees to defer and continue that discussion probably be a discussion to be had we've heard the applicants say an interest in that i wonder if eudora planning commission should that be granted if they would have an interest in continuing to work with the applicant i think the yes that is a fair question yeah i think the eudora planning commission is not interested in a deferral uh, unless i hear otherwise from some of the commissioners Not seeing a lot of. I'm not hearing okay. anything. <laughs> okay. Given that, are there anybody else want to weigh in on? Well, I. Commissioner uh, Yes, I can. Um, you know, give my opinion to possible um, commissioners here to at least hear me out. Um, I intend to oppose this project for multiple reasons. Um, the way. The way I see it, uh, a project like this, it only brings what we could say a possible better price on materials. If I'm going to weight that to the cost of what could possibly happen to this city of Eudora, it's the, the, the ramifications are just, just simply outweighed by far whatever benefit a project like this brings. And we're talking about the safety of the community, children's in the schools. We're talking about a possible decrease on home values. We're talking about a possible decrease on the structure, the the, the, the actual structure of those homes with the blastings uh, around the area. Uh, I mean, the and also we're talking about a possible maybe delay on the growth of the city of Eudora. Because the way I see it, most developers, which the city of Eudora will need to build those homes, will go there and will look in, and just, they're just gonna see a quarry just across the street from the area that they wanna build. And the first thing that's gonna pop up to their mind is like, is it safe to build here? Do I have to come back in six months and fix the foundation of these homes? I'm not, I'm not saying that all of them think that way, but, at least 50% will. And that is a tremendous price to pay just for a better price on, on, on materials. I, I don't think that, in my personal opinion, that this expansion of a quarry, it makes sense. 
just because like they stated before, the one that they currently have is underutilized. So it's not like they have none. There's one already existing. So there's no need for another one. That's, again, that's my opinion and I do intend to oppose this uh, proposal. Well, I'm certainly not hearing any arguments for deferral or enough arguments for deferral Nobody in this case. So um, I'm going to call for any more last minute comments and then I'm going to ask for a motion. Um, I but say, I, I want to say oh, okay. one thing, one thing, I'm sorry, it's kind of late, but uh, you know, what, one of the things that have come up in front of us is um, affordable housing and we, we are short of housing in, in our county and surrounding areas. And so, you know, we, we are going to need material. We are going to need aggregate, whether it comes from here or somewhere else, we're going to need it. I do think we have to think about that. Maybe this isn't the right location for it, but I do think it's going to be an issue. And, you know, as, uh, uh, as um, Mr. Eckert said, the Panasonic plant is going to need a lot of aggregate, whether it's from here or somewhere else. It's, I think it's something we have to think about. I will make a game time decision on my vote. I'm not sure which way, but I, I, that is something I'm thinking about. So no, I, I I agree. I think that's something we're all thinking about. In my mind, I'm I'm thinking about that the city weighing those right. decisions, right. and right. to me, they've chosen. They've they've chosen, they've chosen what they, that so. There's a lot of weight for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I would just like to say I agree with like m most of the discussion that's all happened, and I think this is a, a really hard. Um, project there are things about it like reasons i would maybe not have liked it that actually aren't in play like we we're already talking about it'll probably end up as a, as a commercial development or residential development anyway and so the prime soils and things aren't, aren't really as much of a consideration in this project as they may be in some others um, i do think it's interesting um, and again not 100 sure of how i may go but i do think it's interesting to think about a 20-year plan i mean if this if this were to be completed within 20 years and they were to do the reclamation as suggested right we we would maybe have a development around open space um and and there are things to be thought of that we haven't necessarily discussed here tonight i think about the future of this land and and how it may look in 20 years we're just assuming they want to move quicker and that they want to do it within 20 years and this isn't in the plan and I, i'm really inclined to defer um to to eudora and to into the um commission that's been doing the study in the city um but there are some things that haven't been necessarily I think just if this were to turn to a quarry does not mean in 20 years the property value would be destroyed based on some of the um, projects that it, it appears um, have restored some of the land to a, a use, um, a productive use. So mm -hmm. just something we didn't really talk about that I think is important to keep in further discussion when the commission thinks about it. And if I'm correct in bringing that point, the land reverts. I mean, when the quarry would be potentially finished, the landowner is still the owner currently that wants the, that Mr. Elston would still be the owner. And so it's my understanding that it would be put back into a condition that he agreed with, whether it's agriculture or open space. And I, I don't know a lot of what you can do with old quarry land, right? Um, but But that is something that, that space might look different in 20 years, and that could be something that is a proper use at that time for that space. 
There are no more comments. Um, is this um, a point in time where um, the Eudora Planning Commission mm -hmm. would call for its members' votes? So, um, Chairman Martin, if you want to. Great. Thank you, Chairman Ashworth. Uh, bring it back over to the uh, Eudora Planning Commission. And do I have a motion, please? Well, I think uh, we've kind of expressed tonight that we would like to uh, deny the CUP, um, but I think there's something I have to read, and I already lost all my power in my computer, so I can't make a motion to uh, satisfy the official. We're close to that motion. Okay. Yeah. Getting, it. getting there. Finding it. <laughs> yeah. um, I move yeah. to uh, make a motion to deny uh, regular agenda item E uh, two. Do I need to read it all? Is that sufficient? That's sufficient. Okay. I have a motion from Vice Chairman Harger. Do I have a second, please? I have a second by Commissioner Hoover. And are you going to, do you want to hold the commissioners like you did, or do you want me to? Happy to. That would be fantastic. Give me Thank one you. second. I can't see all the name plates from where I'm at. <laughs> Commissioner Rock? I am the right side. Two. 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 Commissioner Pringle? Yes. Commissioner Stewart? Yes. Motion passes 7 to 0. Thank you. Okay, and now I'll call for a motion from the Lawrence Douglas County Planning Commission. And I have a motion. I guess, uh, Madam Chair, I'll make a motion. Okay. Um, I move that. Um, we deny the conditional use permit for mining, excavation, and or extraction of natural resources and for it uh, to the Board of County Commissioners with a recommendation for denial based on the finding, well, based on the findings noted in the staff report and discussion and the ensuing discussion. Can I have a second? I'll second. All right, Commissioner Baroda. Any further discussion? One item. Yes. Yeah. Um, I intend to vote no to the um, motion to deny um, for one reason only, and that is uh, that we, I, I, as I mentioned earlier, um, we have a, an applicant who has expressed an interest to continue to work with uh, different bodies. Um, 
And uh, my personal belief is that uh, we should exhaust every possible avenue to find ways to help good projects happen. Uh, Planning Commission isn't the deciding body, we're a recommending body. Um, and this goes on to the County Commission, so I'm making this statement mm -hmm. and making that vote mm -hmm. for the purpose of elevating that when the County Commission mm -hmm. watches it. Yes, this is a recommendation to the County Board of Commissioners. Yeah. And the, uh, in front, the motion in front of us is to deny. So can we have a call? Call the vote, please. Oh, 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 uh, oh I'm Madam sorry. Chair, I'm, I apologize. I would like to say just one more thing, and that is um, I do want to recognize uh, some comments that have been made this evening. This is an essential resource. Um, and uh, I was on the planning commission when both the Big Springs expansion was approved and the HAM extension was approved. Um, uh, and to, to make the point, this is a recommendation, this is a recommending body. That, and our job is to take the, the factors on a case-by-case -case basis and make that recommendation. So um, it's, uh, you know, I'm going to vote in favor of the denial but it is with due respect for, um, uh, for the complexity of this case. Thanks. I think we're ready to call the vote. Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Yes. Commissioner Barota? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Duvor? No. Commissioner Hayden? Yes. Commissioner Munch? Yes. Commissioner Rexrod? No. Commissioner Thomas? Yes. Motion passes six to two. Thank you, everybody, for your time. We now have to, basically, we are recessing the joint, we are adjourning the joint meeting with the Eudora Planning Commission, reconvening as the Lawrence Douglas County Metropolitan Planning Commission, and we're going to take a break while we um, let people take a breath and um, exit, and before we move on to our next item. So thank you all very much for the thank time everybody has put in Thank here. you very much. That's fine. That's Okay. Room is ready. All right. Thank you. Welcome back from break. And thank you for being here for that through that long, long session. <laughs> we, are, we are on to item number three. <laughs> so thank you for your patience. We are now on to item three. Consider approving a request to rezone. 15 acres on the southeast corner of Highway 56 and 59. Um, our staff presenting this issue is Mary Miller. I'm Mary Miller, city county planner, and I will share my screen, but I'm going to go through this pretty quickly in the interest of time, and uh, feel free to ask me questions if you have any. Let's see if I can get this up. Here it is. Um, as you mentioned, it's located in the southeast corner of the intersections of 56 and 59 highways. This is commonly known as the Baldwin Junction. It's within the three-mile planning radius of Baldwin City. However, they notified us they had no concerns would not be attending a joint planning commission meeting tonight. The proposed use is a warehouse facility. It will not have a structure, but they're planning on stacking storage containers around the perimeter and in the interior for wholesale storage and distribution. And so this is a concept plan showing what's being proposed. 
It is currently zoned general business. It was zoned general business in 2009, but remained undeveloped until this year when a site plan for a mini storage facility was um, submitted and approved for this property I'm showing here, this lot. The lot to the north doesn't have a development proposal yet, and the warehouse or the wholesale storage facility is being proposed on the bottom. Um, there is a, uh, the GB has a propane distributor uh, facility here, and there is a, um, financial building, the Frontier Farm Credit is across the road to the north. Uh, the character of the area, there are scattered residences. There are several non-residential uses. There's the Frontier Farm Credit, the propane distribu distributor, the mini storage that's under construction, a commercial greenhouse. Over here, there's a cell tower, a utility building, and then KDOT has kind of a storage yard here where they have equipment and road building materials. And so the proposed rezoning would be compatible with the zoning and character of the area. It is compliant with the recommendations of comp plan, and if you recall in the staff report, we went through the locational criteria. It met them all, except that it would use prime farmland. However, since it's currently zoned for general business, that prime farmland would be utilized anyway. And the comp plan also identifies this as an area for industrial zoning and land uses. Uh, this is taken from the industrial map. Uh, we look at the other items. These are all discussed in the um, staff report. And staff is recommending forwarding this rezoning request to the Board of County Commissioners with a recommendation for approval. And I'll be happy to answer any questions if you have any. And um, the applicant is not available today, but I believe his partner is attending the meeting if you have questions for him. Thank you, Mary. Is mm -hmm. the applicant or representative of the applicant present? Yes. yes. Oh, please. Go right ahead. A, oh, did you, you, have any do you want, oh, no. we, I thought you had a presentation I'm available for questions. Okay. If okay. you have, thank you. All right. So I will then turn it to public comment on item number three, the rezoning. Is there anybody wishing to comment in the chamber? No, anybody wishing to comment that is online, go ahead and wave your hand or put up the little emoji thing. Okay, no comments online either. Um, so uh, I will bring it back to the commission for discussion. Sorry, that's oh, yes. Trying to understand yeah. the concept here. So that, uh, I guess this is a question. The applicant, so is the idea that these storage uh, containers are, are fixed and they're that they, they move or are these just a is this a is to park these containers and they're constantly this, just a storage facility for them they'd be moving in and out they're not fixed got it, it and so then I, I guess a follow-up question for staff I, i'm confused how the twenty thousand square feet limitation is is relevant here if this is it seems to me this is akin more to like a equipment storage use it's like a gravel lot or a pad with exactly. with no built-in space on top of it correct with uh and it could be interpreted either way i imagine when we look at many storage facilities in the gb district if they exceed that amount because before we had that specific use they were considered wholesale storage as well and um 
the fact that this is not exterior storage, it's being stored, everything is being stored inside a unit. The units are not permanently affixed. So if we wanted to call it, and you suggested calling it a storage yard, yeah, well, I, I'm I don't not know sure what the, 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 suggesting. I'm, just the, I'm not sure what the proper classification is, but it, this looks similar to other uh, requests that we've had related to storage of machinery and equipment outside on a parking lot. You know, oh, for heavy equipment storage. I think the idea, I, it could be, I don't think they're specifically storing the equipment. If they were just storing semi-trucks or semi-truck trailers, we would call it equipment storage, but they're specifically storing these containers with materials inside. So it's more, they're storing what's inside these containers. They're not just storing the containers themselves. And I think that's where we came down to the, the storage. Got it. So regardless of how these are fixed to the environment, the fact that they're being used for a particular purpose means that you have to count their area towards this uh, square footage requirement. And that gets us over the 20,000, which right. then necessitates the change. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. say, um, I drove the site today. Um, it's uh, next to a giant propane tank. It's uh, seems to be a great application for where it is um, ground seems to be all ready to go and i'd be supportive of this project supportive of this change yes Commissioner um, Carter. I'd, I'd have to generally agree with commissioner rex road i'm i'm really supportive of this i think the size limitation is the thing that is clearly the factor um, my only reservations come from the fact that, you know, this is the zoning is not about this particular project. It stays with the land. And, you know, the long term consequences of having an industrial land use, even a light industrial land use at a major intersection that proscribes future retail and, um, you know, other things that are very common for this kind of intersection. That's you know my 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 bigger concern, but um, it's not enough for me to 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 vote against it. It's just um, and it's not even a question. It's just an observation. I think it's a really great point, and I looked at that. I, did, so I read through the history of it where they started off GB with the idea that it become more of a commercial center, but because of the changes in the road, it, there was one instance, and then mm -hmm. then they fell down to the propane storage, and then all of a sudden it's the idea. This changed some, right? Yeah. Well, if there's no further discussion, would somebody care to make a motion? I'd be happy to. Right. Move we approve uh, rezoning Z-22-00319, approximately 15 acres from GB to, from general business to light industrial, forward to the Board of County Commissioners with a recommendation for approval based on the findings presented in the staff report. Anybody want a second? I'll second. Thank you. That's Commissioner Barodo. Uh, any further discussion? Seeing none, could you call the vote, Jeff? Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Barotto? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Duvor? Yes. Commissioner Hayden? Yes. Commissioner Munch? Yes. Commissioner Rexroad? Yes. Commissioner Thomas? Yes. Motion passes eight to zero. 
Thank you, and thank you for being here for a really long time. Yes, I don't envy you. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good night. Thank you. Okay, item number four, consider approving a comprehensive plan amendment to Plan 2040, um, Southeast Area Plan. Staff presenting this proposal is Sandy Day. Good evening, Commissioner Sandy Day, and given all things, I'm hoping that you can see my screen. I'm sharing the screen right now. Yes. You can see it. Okay, good. Yes. Thank you. Let's see if this will start. Uh, like Mary, I'm going to try and go through this very quickly. Um, this item is a comprehensive plan amendment specifically to the Southeast Area Plan. Um, it was submitted concurrently with a couple of other applications, an annexation, a zoning, and a preliminary development plan. Because the annexation is less than 10 acres, it is being processed directly to the City Commission, and it is in process, um, though it's not complete yet. And then a future meeting, you will be considering the zoning and the preliminary development plan, but we did try to provide you with some additional background information um, on those items just to give you some context of what is going on with this project. So um, what you see in this slide is um, a look at the Southeast Area Plan, the future land use map, and we are talking about really amending specifically this piece of property that is located on um, the east side of O'Connell Road is currently designated as low density residential. Um, there are other parts of the, the uh, plan that also include medium and high density residential development. And just to uh, refresh everybody's memory, low density is a development that is less than six units per acre, medium density is seven to 15, um, high density is 16 or more uh, in terms of total number of dwelling units per acre. Uh, the, the plan was adopted in 08 and we did an amendment in 2018 that expanded that commercial uh, corner there. Um, part of the applicant's request is to specifically modify the land use from low density residential to medium density so it still stays in that residential category. It just ups both um, the, uh, the density range that can be considered but also the housing type that can be considered um, within the description of the Southeast Area Plan. And so there is a little bit of text um, that would go along with this amendment to um, give that description that includes also the east side of O'Connell Road in the general location that we are talking about. Um, part of the background of the request was to run through um, a density study for um, the project, and this is a specific requirement that we'll look at with the development plan, but just to give you a quick overview, um, we did look at some of the surrounding density. One of the things I'd like to point out, if you'd look at this subdivision here, so this is the subject property within that, um, the design and the layout of the street uh, within um, the plan boundary is very different when we go back and look at 
the Southeast Area Plan. And in this, this density configuration and how this was laid out in 2008 was a direct reflection of what the proposed development was going along um, with this project. There was also a conceptual project uh, referred to as the Kitzmiller land. Um, and there was a, there was, uh, they did not submit any of the zoning or the preliminary uh, platting work, um, but that's a large part of why we see the configuration of what we have within this plan. The design of the subdivision uh, has greatly changed and you see that uh, in the density analysis that we look at here, we have some RS5 zoning, some RS7. Um, this is a planned unit development. This project is going south. You looked at the preliminary plat a couple of months ago. That includes both RS15 and RS7 zoning. So this slide just runs you through, you know, kind of what that density analysis is um, and really what, um, I'm wanting you to see about this is all of these projects here. So uh, Prairie View, this the RS7 portion, uh, the South Meadows and neighborhood that's located on the west side of O'Connell, the proposed uh, going south, south project, and actually the conceptual plan that goes with this project. All of these projects have a very comparable zoning district, uh, I'm sorry, with a density uh, development pattern, even though the uses and the layout and the arrangement of the uses within um, each of their developments is, is different. So we have duplex, we have detached, uh, the RS5 is a detached um, dwellings on individual lots. Um, this includes RM12D, which is the duplex, and RS7. So these two together, uh, we reach that that upper six, just over six dwelling units per acre. And that is really what the applicant is looking at. And they can tell you a little bit more about their project. So the proposed amendment, as far as the mapping looks like, um, would really bring in this piece of that um, this island uh, into a medium density uh, category within um, the overall plan boundary. Um, comprehensive plan amendment review criteria is in your um, staff report. Uh, if you have specific questions about that, I'm happy to um, try to talk to those things. As far as the neighborhood contact goes, the applicant held a, a neighborhood meeting. They can tell you about um, what, what that response was. Um, I've tried to show you in the previous slides uh, some of that compatibility that we're looking at in terms of the overall density um, of the development. Couple of quick things about uh, Plan 2040 is that that is a much more recent adoption uh, into um, our lexicon of plans and um, it talks about increasing density of infill development, of uh, really leveraging where we have those existing infrastructure components, and this project is part of that. Now, the applicant's intent is actually to end up uh, with a maximum cap in their project, which would be governed by the zoning and the development plan and how we look at that. Um, so, that's why their project, even though um, that range goes from, from seven to 
to 15 dwelling units per acre, the overall impact of the specific development when you see that in the future it actually will be much less. But the plan gives the structure to be able to do something like that and then also to be able to open up um, to have a different kind of um, housing uh, product within that property. They're looking at doing um, uh, attached housing um, because those attached units are all on one parcel. Um, they are considered multifamily. If you were doing an attached housing project where each of those units ends up on its own individual lot, um, those are considered row houses or townhouses. In, in our land development code, they're called attached housing. And by definition, those units are on their own individual um, units. So I'm going to stop here. Staff's recommendation for the comprehensive plan amendment is to recommend approval. You also have a planning commission resolution um, that would be part of um, your actions for consideration tonight. Happy to answer any questions. And I believe the al applicant is there with you in the room. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. Um, so is this Aaron Gaspers presenting for the applicant? Yes. 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 Welcome. And thank you for, again, waiting. <laughs> Not a problem. Thank you. Aaron Gasper, CFS engineers, uh, representing the owners. Uh, as Sandy covered and covered very well, uh, the project maintains the residential per the area plan, uh, increasing and providing a good density transition with the surrounding area. Uh, the project meets uh, the goals of the residential growth management and plan 2040 uh, by providing affordable senior housing opportunities uh, to age in place, a variety of housing types, uh, increase in density, infill, uh, all the surrounding properties are already in the city. Uh, so we're bringing in a county island and the project provides open spaces. Uh, the project also leaves the drainage way along the south side of the property undisturbed while connecting infrastructure gaps with readily available utilities at the site. The property is already accounted for in the Southeast Lawrence Sanitary Sewer Benefit District and water lines and other utilities are already at the property lines. Um, it's also the layout also helps complete the surrounding street network. Uh, this project checks a lot of boxes of plan 2040 and uh, the last thing we did have a ma uh, neighborhood meeting to uh, show our plan to the neighbors uh, all the all the comments were positive um, and I'm here to answer any questions you might have thank you thank you mr. Gaspers all right does anybody from the public which wish to discuss this project. I'm, I'm Dave Rhodes with Wheatland Development. I'm the developer along with my wife, Susie. Mm -hmm. uh, we currently have the project there at the cul-de-sac, which is uh, Bethel Estates of Lawrence. Uh, it's 90 units and we're just continuing to bring additional affordable housing for seniors to Lawrence. Thank you. Is there anybody online that wishes to comment from the public on this project? Seeing none, I'll bring it back to the commissioners for questions and discussion. 
Yes, Mr. Carter. Uh, I have one question for staff. Um, can you explain just a little bit how this change affects the residential lot inventory? I think um, you described that it increases the overall um, the overall residential count, but uh, what is this? What is the, the direct impact on the residential lot inventory? Considering the number of residential lots isn't changing. CNDJ Planning Office. Um, it, it it really doesn't have a big um, impact on the lot, the, the 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 gross lot number count. Um, yes, it's one parcel. It's currently vacant property. What it's really doing is adding units. Uh, and specifically, this project is directed to affordable senior units. Yeah, great. Thank you. Question, I think, for Mr. Carter Ashworth, um, and maybe staff. I, I'm I'm curious about um, the comprehensive plan and the decision that was made to put it where it was, not where we're changing. Was there something? Uh, was there something intentional about the decision to make this area low density when that plan was written, as opposed to allow for a higher density at that time? That we need to consider when we think about a change. I think so it is when the Southeast area plan yeah. was adopted. Right. Yeah. If, if, and forgive me if I go and get my dates. Be there when I might not have my dates right at, at 11 o'clock in the right order here, but I'll give it my, my best go. Is um, Southeast area plan was really adopted 2007, 2008. And so it, it was a little bit of a precursor ahead of the Great Recession on that. But it was also. A million years ago. It was, it's a long time ago in, in right. the scope of it. And the foundational document from which it took root was Horizon 2020 at that point in time. So it, it had a lot of things that would have harkened back. You would have seen in the chapters in Horizon 2020 prior to, to 2040. And I'll be honest with you, if I remember this plan correctly, it was on a long adoption trajectory. It was probably started before or in, around the year 2000 before it actually wrapped up and got completed. So it, it's had a long life, and Sandy kind of alluded to a, a good thing, is you look at the plan and the way that the streets are laid out, it's been completely departed from that in the way that it looks. And there's been probably, well, 20 years worth of significant things that have changed, and I would say two of them have been, we have seen the East Lake of the SLT open, and we have a better understanding of what that configuration looks like. We've also seen the way that the turnback agreement has functioned with KDOT on 23rd Street and seeing how that street has been reconfigured and readjusted. The other big one that happened was this would have been ahead of the farmland redevelopment plan that, that takes care of the property to the north. So this was really one of those first ones that we saw in the southeast part of town that actually kind of started laying that out and it influenced the ones around it. We just never had a time to come back to it and give it a good reevaluation in the context of today. Okay. I, I Thank have to you. Say, just in terms of other area plans, this commission has generally been loath to change area plans without looking at the whole thing. Um, but in this case, given what um, Jeff just outlined, how old it is, and the development patterns that Sandy Day explained around that area, it makes sense to me, um, especially um, given that. We're we want to increase density. We've got a new plan now, 2040. Um, we're trying to do infill and we're trying to increase density. Um, but I do have to acknowledge that we have been loath to change area plans in the past without looking at the whole. 
Oh, and I might add that we're not we're not accommodating a fundamental fundamental change in the character. We're adjusting the density. Right. So. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was trying to test mm-hmm. for. Is it, was there a value there that we needed to mm-hmm. understand to decide whether we needed to protect that it maybe wasn't quite as, as evident? Mm-hmm. And clearly, that's not the case. I certainly am in support of this. Well, and if I might also just observe that this is um, adjacent to O'Connell Road, so I mean, it's a, it, it's a, um, it seems compatible to me with an increase in density as well. Agreed. Any other discussions? Any questions for the applicant? I'll entertain a motion. They want it. I've got it. I move we approve comprehensive plan amendment CPA-22-00315 and forward to the city commission with a recommendation for approval. Point of Second. point of order. Oh, uh, sorry. Be forward a recommendation to both both governing bodies. Sandy said something about to so I'm sorry. It's I thought <laughs> it's after 11:15. Yeah. The, the motion on the table only only acknowledged the Lawrence City Commission. It would also need to acknowledge the Douglas County Board of Commissioners to advance. So, just looking at language, there's a second line item: approve authorized chair to sign the Planning Commission resolution. Is that the piece you're talking about? We would also need authorization to sign the, the Planning Commission resolution, but the, the recommendation would be, if so, would be to approve and recommend approval to the Lawrence City Commission and the Douglas County Board of County Commissioners. Okay. Uh, so modify, may I modify my motion? Mm-hmm. I hope I get this right. Have we seconded it yet? Nope. Nobody's okay. okay. <laughs> um, I move we approve comprehensive plan amendment CPA-22-00315 and forward to the City Commission and the Board of County Commissioners with a recommendation for approval. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Now can I have a second? Commissioner Carter? Any further discussion? We got it, we got it right now. We can go ahead and call for the vote. Correct. For the first portion, yes. <laughs> okay. Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Barota? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Duvar? Yes. Commissioner Hayden? Yes. Commissioner Munch? Yes. Commissioner Rexford? Yes. Commissioner Thomas. Yes. Motion passes eight to zero. Now the second portion is we need to approve and authorize the chair to sign the planning commission resolution. So it's not a se- it's a separate motion. It is. Okay. So I need a motion for that part. I see. I so move. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can I have a second? Second. Commissioner DeVore. Discussion. Can we have a call for the vote, please? Call the vote. Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Barotto? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Duver? Yes. Commissioner Hayden? Yes. Commissioner Munch? Yes. Commissioner Rexrod? Yes. Commissioner Thomas? Yes. Motion passes eight to zero. Wonderful. Thank you very much. And thank you. I hope you have a nice morning almost. (laughs) So (laughs) thanks, Thank Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a good evening. All right. Uh, uh, the rest of our items have been deferred. Oh, Thank right? goodness at this point. <laughs> um, but, well, except for miscellaneous. So our regular agenda items have been deferred. Um, so we are now down to miscellaneous new or old business. So we do have a variance to consider. Um, Drew, Drew Bealby is the planner for this item. Good evening, Commissioner. Uh, Drew Bilby, planner of the City of Florence. Um, 
And as mentioned, this is a right-of-way variance um, related to a minor subdivision on 1301 and 1311 Valley Lane. Um, the variance is reducing the right-of-way from 60 feet required to 40 feet. Um, with right-of-way variances, we have three review criteria. Um, I'll run through those real quick. Um, the, the first one is the strict application of these standards will create unnecessary hardship. Um, so the 60-foot right-of-way standard came from the 2006, uh, 2008, sorry, uh, the development code. Um, this would require the property to um, dedicate an additional 10 feet of right-of-way. Um, this sort of right-of-way is more applicable to new greenfield development rather than infill development like we have here that would be related with this uh, subdivision. Um, the second criteria is that um, the variance is in harmony with the intended purposes of uh, the regulations. Um, this is just a simple lot line adjustment between two properties. Um, the platting action that is happening with this is the reason why this variance is required. Um, if a building permit was pulled for either of these properties, the, the right-of-way width would not have to be varied. Um, as well as we do have, the city engineer has stated that there is no need for the additional right-of-way and there are no future plans. Um, the third criteria is that the public health, safety, and welfare will be protected. Um, this will allow increased density and infill in this area of Lawrence. And it, um, this 40 feet of right-of-way that you'd be bringing down, bringing it down to is consistent with the right-of-way on the neighboring lots around this. So that's all I have. Um, I'd be happy to answer any questions and the applicant, Paul Warner, is on the call with us. Thank you, Drew. Um, Paul Warner? Uh, good evening. You you almost lost You're me. Just, I figured yeah, if, uh, <laughs> if you guys can stay up, I can stay a few more minutes. Um, <laughs> I really don't have anything. I think Drew explained it. I mean, the right of way is consistent with all the other lots. Um, we're just trying to redevelop um, two properties, and we got to move a lot line, and that's why we're here. So I'll answer any questions. But, um, that's all we got. Thank you. Thank you. We'll turn to public com uh, comment. The chamber is empty. Um, anybody online wishing to speak to this item? Seeing nobody, I'll bring it back to the commission for discussion or questions. I have no concerns about this yeah. motion. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm also, uh, it seems completely in character. I do have a, a, a small question for staff. Uh, there seems to be a minor uh, typo on the actual uh, addition draft, which lists Luke Sinclair as the chairperson of the Planning Commission. And I wonder, is that something just be scratched out or does that need to be reprinted? We will get that, that fixed. That happens from time to time. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Okay, can I have a motion then? I move we approve the variance requested for minor subdivision MS 22-00351 to allow reduced street right of way width of 40 feet for the properties of 1301-1311 Valley Lane as shown in the proposed Valley's Lanes addition drawing. Second. Second. Commissioner Carter, discussion. Seeing none, can you call the vote, Jack? Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Barotto? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Duver? Yes. 
Commissioner Hayden? Yes. Commissioner Munch? Yes. Commissioner Rexroad? Yes. Commissioner Thomas? Yes. Motion passes eight to zero. Thank you. Um, and at this Great point, much. I should ask. Yes, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Just go to bed. <laughs> um, does the does staff want to do the 2023 Planning Commission meeting calendar or would you want to save that for another time? <laughs> it, it's uh, if the board would entertain it, that would be great because it does set you up for kind of the, your months coming on. It's really just the, if there's any conflicts with dates that you would have for the meetings there. Otherwise, it's pretty um, standard meeting dates. And then all of your other dates are fixed off of when your meetings are. So it, 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 any conflict with the Monday, Wednesday dates that you would meet. So what, what day of the calendar would that be? So you would like us to you would like to review the calendar. It, it would review and if you see any changes <laughs> I'm just saying that was Jeff's call, not mine. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> I'm happy to, to be the uh bearer of bad news on okay. that one. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean we've been through, we've been through this before. It just seems like we're we're being asked to identify the Monday and Wednesday dates and to see if they raise any obvious conflicts, like they fall on apparent holidays or yeah. things like that. Not whether we personally will be available. <laughs> why, that's on my anniversary, right? Yeah. That's what I thought. I was like, why does it? Yeah. Matter? You don't care. Other than that. <laughs> I don't get to choose. You really, it's going to be those, those Monday and Wednesday dates. And I'll note that, you know, the Monday in February is always one that you, you don't have because of a holiday. And so that's why you always have the one meeting in February. The rest of the dates under the application deadlines and the meetings are ones that we'll fine tune based upon when those meetings would go. So just any glaring items with the, the Monday, Wednesday dates? Are those on the 26th and 28th? Are we talking about? All, all of them. All of them. This is all of them for next year. You say the, oh, God. Oh, I gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought we were talking about next month. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. No, it's Third the whole year. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Monday and Wednesday, it's the third week or second week or whatever. Week. Got it. Up to November, right. Yeah. Looks like I'm spending my birthday with you guys. <laughs> bring cake. Yeah. Bring you cake. bring me cake. <laughs> yeah. Okay, is that that that's all that's that, right? We need a motion. We need a, we do need a motion for that. Okay. I move that we approve the dates as presented yeah. in the draft calendar. Second. Discussion. Call the vote, please. Commissioner Ashworth? Yes. Commissioner Barotto? Yes. Commissioner, Commissioner Carter. Carter? Yes. Commissioner Duver? Yes. Commissioner Hayden? Yes. Commissioner Munch? Yes. Commissioner Rexroad? Yes. Commissioner Thomas? Yes. Motion passes eight to zero. Thank you. <laughs> All right. You're welcome. Um, number three is just an announcement that we can attend. And that'd yeah. be okay? Yes, just so in case anyone's interested, there was the, the majority of the commission was invited to a, a, a meeting in the county about uh, wind and solar. And so we posted that on your agenda. So if you have interest in attending, you have that. And it is also posted as a, a noticing item. Uh, again, would just remind the commission that, you know, it would pertain to ex parte and other items that may arise from them, but you're more than welcome to attend as it's advertised. Do you know the purpose of the meeting off the top of your head? Um, if you don't, that's okay. I did when I the meeting started. Um, 
not sure I have it all in detail now. It, there is a, I'm sorry a, I asked. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a, a, a group that would like to this meeting to discuss wind and, and solar energy issues and, and those kind of amendments. It's a little bit related to your solar text amendment and also the ongoing wind energy text amendment that's also out there. It's so. probably a pretty good opportunity to learn from an expert about what, not, what wind looks like. I do not believe this is a group that is trying to present. It's going to be an anti is what it is. It is... That is its sole purpose, is to mm. say why there should be no wind-generating towers in Douglas County. So an important, still it. important bit of feedback, particularly given we're going to be seeing wind regs coming up here pretty quick. But this is a no. Yeah. To, that's what the meeting is going to be. Mm. And this is this counts as the public notice. We don't need to tell you whether or not we plan to. You're not asking us if they're going to be people. You're just letting everybody know there may be quorum here. Correct. Doesn't sound like it, but just checking. I went. There was a meeting two weeks ago that I went to. Found out that they were meeting, and I went to it. And a state senator spoke, and uh, our newest county commissioner was there and spoke. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so, yeah, so I, I, okay. I do have, if I, if oh, no, sorry. One bit of miscellaneous business that I'd like to raise, and that returns to um, uh, agenda item D1 and the Civic Engagement Commission. Um, we, starting last month, we started receiving letters kind of um, on every single item that came before us. Uh, I've tried looking up this Civic Engagement Commission and have mm -hmm. found no information about it. And while uh, I'm grateful to the, the to Mr. Kerr for kind of explaining what it is, I feel like I'm still way too ignorant. And I'm wondering, I could reach out to him or her uh, to uh, to Alex Kerr, and. Um, but I don't know, considering this is this affects all of us, whether it would be appropriate, for example, to invite them to a mid-month or something so that we could have a conversation about what is this commission or is that the right forum? Staff did reach out. We've had a couple of communications with this. It is not a official entity of Douglas County or the city of Lawrence. It's just it's a group of citizens that have gotten together to form a committee to just forward comments and conversations up. Um, so it it's... Kind of just, I think it's a new and establishing group, and they have some ideas, but it, it is not a f formal commission of one of the governing bodies. Mm -hmm. so it's really it's a civic interest group, and in, is our understanding of it. Okay. Thank you for raising that because I too had looked into it and wasn't able. So mm -hmm. I I do. I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems to be in a way almost like a club because they don't claim to be representative of any interest in particular, but represent an interest in civic engagement mm -hmm. but i see three names and i'm not there's nothing in the document that suggests how these three people came to represent this club so i think it's great civic engagement is great but i just it leaves me with a lot of questions yeah and it is also sometimes difficult to evaluate when they how many people they've talked to or if some of some of the claims that they make it's harder to evaluate them not knowing a little bit about them so um if they're watching, it would be good for them to respond, I suppose, to staff's inquiries or whatever, because I think some of us would like to know more about them if we're going to be reading their letters yeah, every exactly. month. 
Any other miscellaneous business? Can I have a motion to adjourn, please? Yes. <laughs> I move that we adjourn. Second. second. <laughs> We've got a second. No discussion. Um, the, Commissioner uh, Ashworth? I'll vote. Yes. <laughs> Commissioner Baroto? Yes. Commissioner Carter? Yes. Commissioner Duver? Yes. Commissioner Hayden? Yes. Commissioner Munch? Yes. Commissioner Rexroad? Yes. Commissioner Thomas? Yes. Motion passes eight to zero. Meeting adjourned. Thank you all. Thank you very much, staff. Thank you, thank you staff, so much. Thank you for being here on such a late night and helping us get through that.